We don't want a bank. We want financial freedom. That's why we rewired the American financial system. So your money can work as hard as you do. For your first home. For his degree. For her future. That's what we're chasing together. All in one act. Seven million strong from Main Street to Wall Street. Moneyline, here we roar. What's up, fans? Moneyline's the best. It helps people get control of their money. Download the Moneyline app and stay tuned for something wild at 420. Get the <laughs> link in the description. So you believe in you believe in UFOs? You believe that the government's hiding stuff from us? Kinda? I don't disbelieve. You don't I don't know? believe. Yeah, I, don't it. I don't disbelieve, but I don't but believe. Listen, I um, think it's possible. Can it's I possible. give you my opinion? Yes, please. I don't believe the universe just chose us to be the only one. Yeah. Look at these guys. They're so special. They're going to be the only one in existence. You know what? Those... Nobody in trillions of miles away is going to be existing with them. Trillions of miles. I mean, from the end of time, there's nobody that's going to ever exist but us. We're going to handle all this space by ourselves. You believe that? <laughs> no, no. I don't believe so that. So 10 million miles of space, there's nobody. A billion miles of space, there's nobody but us. I think there's definitely some shit visiting us over the course of human history. The maybe they're unconscious. Hello, this is another episode of Hot Boxing. I have my co-host here, my man Bash. And we're here with the incredible Joe Rogan. How you doing, brother? Thanks for having me. Man, it was a pleasure being here with you, man. Tell it was fun us. hanging out today. That was a fun podcast. Oh, it's getting ready to be even more fun. I'm excited. So tell us, brother. Well, how do you feel about all this magnificent success you've been having? Uh, it's bizarre. It doesn't, yeah. seem, doesn't seem normal, you know? Every it's time we very turn strange. around, we hear about you getting a deal here, getting a deal here, getting a deal here, and then we heard somebody try to cancel you. There's been a lot of that. Yeah, that's why yeah. we got this stuff. Relevant, so no one can cancel you, and you could do all the counseling. How do you right. feel about that, like, like the whole cancel culture? Well, what it is is a, it's a culture of people being able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And when people can express themselves, they can change the way other people feel about things. They mm -hmm. can get... People upset at things. You can say things <laughs> that you've never been able to say before. Mm -hmm. You have, like, so many people have the ability to express themselves now. So it's like you can get someone fired. Like, if you decide that you're going to pile on to someone because you don't like what they said or what they did, you can get them fired. That's a new thing in history. Because before, you would have to have, like, a letter-writing campaign. Like, if someone had done something and they were a movie star mm -hmm. and you didn't want to go to their movies, you had to, like, organize. Someone had to figure out a way, like, how do we let people know that this guy sucks? Yeah. Like, what do you have to do? And they would have to have made, like, you know, they would have to get, like, mailing lists and actual send out letters and shit or... They would have to find a way. Now all you'd have to do is like tweet about something or yeah, make a YouTube video about something. So in some ways, it's like it, it, it's forcing people to get their shit together. Exactly. How do you think that affects people in the art, in, in the art realm, like com comedians, right? That must be hard for comedians now, right, with the cancel culture? It definitely is. I mean, um, it, Ari Shafir said something very smart about it. He said it made comedy dangerous again. He's like, because people can pretend that you're not just talking shit. They can take your words out of context and try to make it look like you mean something by what you're saying. And that's you write when, something in, in print. That's when, um, that's when the counterculture starts to recounter itself. That means we can't say something because you don't like it, you particularly don't like it, or your organization don't like it. 
Yeah. There's that, too. It's like when you have a, a corporation and you're in control of, like, what gets shown. Like, they can just decide. If you if you're, you have something to say about something and they don't agree with it, they can yeah. just decide to remove your videos. Yeah. And you know that. So you have to watch what you say and watch what you do. But it's different. So it's, it's different. It's different. It's different. I wonder if there's like an upside to it. I wonder if all this extra sensitivity is going to make people more conscious about what their words mean to other people. Mm, no, listen, you know, no, it's not going to do that. You don't think so? No, there's not make, no it's upside it's at all. Always be somebody to say, "F them." Right. What about me? I got my feelings. I'm, I'm a human being too. That's true. It does get to a point where like people want to be. They want to have f felt bad about something someone said. They want to be upset. Like, it's recreational outrage for some people. Like, people are too woke. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just like... What's that woke stuff? I heard about that. trying so hard. Tell me what woke means. It's like... It's complicated. It means good... The, some people think it means good things. What's the abbreviation mean? It's essentially like being enlightened and be like... Be awake. Yeah, be awake to something that's all bigger. All the bullshit. That's bigger, that's yeah. bigger than yourself. Then what should thing. we know? That what's bigger than us? God. God. After that, what's bigger than us? Well, so that's what a lot of people believe the problem is, is what? that a lot of people don't have God, and they, they substitute God for other things that mimic the same kind of control religion has, and ideologies are one of those things. Listen, I'm Muslim, right? So my daughter said, God, Jesus said we were gods, but we can die like normal kings and princes. I said, yeah, we get that. No. I said, look it up, because I'm always doing I'm, conf I'm always confrontational with my daughter. I said, look it up, show me it. <laughs> like, where is it? I mean, and she's looking through the Bible, she's looking. I said, you can't find it, can you? And she said, she's waiting. And then she finds that Jesus said, we all are gods, but we could fall just like any king or prince when we're... Once we're hit, we're going to die. We're living. So we're demigods, pretty much, Jesus said. We're gods, just with flaws. And so since you know you have flaws, but our only flaw is dying, truly. Because mm. we know we could, um, we could be allowed to be forgiven for everything we did, but we can't be forgiven for dying. We're, always, we're all going to die. Yeah. And what do you think happens when we die? Do we just, do we, we're like trees, like when the, the plants die, and then the um, summertime comes, they, they come back to life, they blossom again. Yeah. Is that what human beings do, you think? What's no. fascinating about the Bible you know, is that stuff. What makes you think that doesn't happen? We don't, nobody knows, No one right? knows, no one knows. I know there's God, though. I know there's yeah, God. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, that's what we're like plants. We're dead, this is, now it's time for, you know, we die and God creates. Whatever you do, God's going to create. You play football, he's going to create. Mm -hmm. You lose games, he's going to create. You win championships, he's going to create. Whatever happens, God is creating. Yeah. The wild thing about the Bible is that it's thousands of years old and people are still reading it. They're still, they're still reading this thing that was the framework for civilization. You know what that tells you? That people are born to worship. We're born to worship people. There's probably some, they, I think they've, they've isolated that no. part of like human psychology. That's like, it's something that we need. Even the hardest man in the world would say, wow, you, had a, you did a magnificent job. That was splendid or whatever. It's in our nature, don't care how tough we are, don't care how successful we are, it's in our, our nature to just worship. 
Our friends at Manscapes are turning their men's shower dreams into their favorite routines. The ultra premium new collection is an all-in-one hygiene, skin, and hair bundle. It's designed to upgrade your shower from head to toe. Using Manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. The shower routine uses all the collection's products. You start with the cologne-infused ultra-premium body wash. You'll smell so great, all the ladies will be after you. Next, you apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that cleanses. <laughs> Once you hop out the shower, apply the Manscaped aluminum-free deodorant. If you have tattoos or dry skin, hit your skin with the hydrating body moisturizer spray. Last but not least, check out the Lawnmower 4.0, electric trimmer to clean off any unwanted body hair. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, and so it can join you in the shower. Although your balls might look like punching bags, don't <laughs> treat them like one. The Lawnmower is designed to cut hair on loose skin. Get 20% off free shipping with code to hotboxing at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with code HOTBOXING at manscaped.com. It's time to get wet and clean with your new Manscaped shower routine. Yeah, I remember, I think, reading something saying that the Bible is probably the most bought book ever. Or, like, most, like, read book ever. It's, it's pretty honestly amazing. It's probably that and then Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter's probably a strong second. That's no cap. Harry, yeah, Potter, really Harry Potter might have the Bible beat. When I look at, when we I look might want to look that up. When <laughs> Harry Potter might have the Bible beat. The the Bible's interesting. That's how gangster that lady is. Everybody is um. Everybody got the, the Bible's is all different stories. Well, Mike, that's what we were, we were talking stories. about that the Dead Sea Scrolls and the, the podcast that we were doing earlier. That's that's where it gets really wild. That's thousands of years old they found it in a, mm. a cave in Qumran they just found these scrolls that has versions of the Bible that never had seen before well let you know Constantine he said hey you could put that in the Bible no you can't put that in the Bible yeah Remember like 300 yeah. AD, AD whatever the New Testament was whenever they he did brought all that, the yeah. religious people said no you can't put that in the Bible yeah you can put that no not that well maybe that yeah that's okay but take that out the thing is, like, for sure, there a man had a hand in it. Mm -hmm. But when you go back and read, like, what were they trying to say? Like, what was the when it was written in ancient Hebrew, and then they mm -hmm. translated it into Latin, they mm -hmm. translated it into Greek. Like, when it was in ancient Hebrew, like, what were they trying to say? What they was this? this, this what, what were you all, writing? What down? they're saying right now? What, what preachers are saying right now? Surrender to God, regardless of what. Surrender to God. That's what they're saying. That's what it's always. That's what it's ever been since the beginning of yep. time. Mm -hmm. Surrender to God since the beginning of let there be light. Surrender to God. And I think it's interesting because <sighs> I think in majority of religions, like you said, you're Muslim, right? Yeah. There's always one entity, right, that you want to worship and give, give, you know give your all to yeah. and devote yourself to. So I think it's interesting because essentially God's in everything, kind of, right? Does that make sense? It's just in different forms, different religions and different... Every religion has some kind of God, right? Yeah, yeah. Except for weird ones. You know, there's probably a few made-up ones that yeah, don't well, have listen, a God. At right? one time, like I, recent, like I, recently was, created I was explaining ones. to him earlier that at one time superstition was a religion. You know, superstition with the religion. People, I yes. That. I didn't know that. Hold my butt. I used to hold my button when I go by a Catholic church of graveyards or something. So, <laughs> so I hold my button to Catholics. I, I'm crazy. I don't know what the hell I would do. My mother told me to do this crap. But uh, let's move on to a different note. 
So now you're in I Texas. Love this guy. Now this you're in Texas. I love this huh? fucking guy. You're from yeah. California. Yeah. What's what? What is it like down here? What was the whole, what was the whole vibe? Do you like it? Well, I came out here uh, in May of 2020 when LA was locked down, mm-hmm. and two weeks had become you know a couple of months, and there was no hint of anything opening up. It was mm. weird, and we came here, and it was totally different. We came here, and everybody was going out. You go to the lake. There's people on boats. And my kids jumped in the water and they were playing. They're like, we want to live here. And I was like, I will fucking move here right now. And my wife agreed. And we said, let's go. Let's try it. And so we just, it was just, it was a different feel. Houston is there was nice. So, there's so much Houston, fear. Wow, this is nice, Houston. It's so nice. People are so nice here. But it was just a different feel than L.A. And then I realized part of it is like, in L.A., you're connected to television shows and mm-hmm. movies. You're connected mm-hmm. to, like, executives and studio heads and Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. like a different world because yeah. comedians are always trying to get on those shows. You know, yeah. they're always trying to get booked in these You're a mean things. comedian. I'm not a mean comedian. Yes, you are. No. I saw you in one of your shows. You were mean to everybody. No. You're hitting people. No, you no, ever no, see it? No, Let's no. look at some of this show. Please don't pull Let's up look any up. my shows. Joe Rogan being mean. I, I'm never mean unless someone's mean to me. I don't, I'm, I'm, that's the last no, thing I want to be. I'm on my be. show, I always like hecklers. I love hecklers. You like hecklers? I love the rip into, I, and that's the dark side of me. I don't like hecklers. That's the dark side of me. I love the hecklers. So essentially, you just found a new place. I just felt, nice. it felt it's like nice. more it's relaxed nice. here. Yeah. Like people are nicer. Southern just, hospitality. It was, it was a different yes. kind of vibe. I agree. It's like heaven out here. Yeah. I was, <laughs> after that, this is awesome. Are you really Googling am I mean? How dare you? <laughs> Who's doing that? Who's doing that? Uh, what are you doing? And sticking that in front of my face? We forgot uh, talking about stuff. how we to not make someone stuff. feel comfortable. Uh, He's got a giant screen. Is Joe Rogan mean? You saw that fuck out of here with that. What's your sign, Joe? I'm a Leo. But yeah. Do you believe in that stuff? Yeah. Really? Yeah, listen. Jewish people didn't believe in that either, right? And then they found a 7th century... Um, what is a synagogue with the um, the whole? Um, look it up. Seventh century synagogue with the um, with the horoscope on the floor. Really? Yeah. Wow. Seventh century. It was religion at one time. How the fuck did they figure that out? See? How did they figure out? Seventh century. Is it a? Is it a? What is it? That's different. Synagogue. Seventh uh-huh. century synagogue. I've never had someone explain to me how they figured out astrology. Have you ever heard it explained? Um, listen, um, people believe it. I know a lot of people believe it. I know a lot of people like live their life, like Nancy Reagan used to live her life by it. Did live you know that? Yeah. yeah, Nancy Reagan was oh, like listen, heavy. My, my mentor Google Customato this. did. My did he? Customato really? How do you live your life by, by that though? You she can. would make decisions. You read it every like, day. Uh-huh. She would make decisions every like day what and every Ron night. could do and not do. With Ronald Reagan, the fucking president, what he could and couldn't do, what should and shouldn't do, based on horoscopes, based on astrology. And listen, but she right? had someone to like. I guess that the people that are real good, they they find out what time you were born, mm-hmm. what listen, part of the country. You know what I find you out? Know, my what, mentor, my mentor Customato is a damn mystic. Everything he believed was psychological. He never, he never, that's how come he died. He never went to the hospital. He didn't believe in doctors. How long Real. did you live for? 77. Wow. Wow. 77? Went, no hospital? Never went to the doctors. Very rarely. Never did that stuff. Never Just did ate the clean, yeah. ate clean, clean. No, he didn't eat well either. He just didn't believe in hospitals. They, they're a different time. Like, in, like in his, his parents died like in the 20s or something. So he's seen people come in there 
with the little stretcher and carry them in. You know, they might be some Irish doctor that may drop the fucking body and hit on the head and laugh because some Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Mike, look at that a horoscope. Look at that. That's, yeah, well, that's, that's the one incredible. in the synagogue. That's so, incredible. So, so listen, don't ever doubt me when I tell somebody something. Okay? <laughs> People try to doubt me, you know. Jews don't believe in this shit, so why is it in the synagogue? Listen, you have this, this thing been here longer than our grandparents, so we have to, they have to be mean something. Seventh century? God, man, 700 AD? Come on, man. That's 700 years after Christ they're doing this stuff. What do you think is more accurate? Do you think like that horoscope or um, the Chinese horoscopes that have like, you know, year of the goat? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, what, Which one is more they accurate? All, they're all combined. They're combined in one. They're all one. It's all one sort of thing. It's one, probably, it's diff, probably different languages, different mm. cultures, but it's all one. Mm. I wonder if you read like someone's horoscope from both of those things and tried to... Do, you do like, they do? I wonder if they line up though, you know? Listen, um... They've been doing this longer than we've been alive. Well, the people that are really good at it, they insist that it's, like, very complicated and that it's, like, a, like reading someone's thing. It's, a, it's not, like, not guesswork. You have to, like, compile all this data, what time and what part of the world, what part, time of the year. Listen, some people would call it black magic. You know, it's, it's, yeah. more, it's more black magic than that you would say Christianity or Islamic or anything, wouldn't you say? But it's, it makes sense, though. It does make some kind of sense that if everything is moving and everything has gravity and it moves through the cosmos and it's cancer. in different positions. Listen, I'm the cancer. I'm what? I cry over anything. I'm crying over fucking Rose. Rose is crying. <laughs> she got me. I'm crying. She made me cry too, though. Yeah, but you know, that's, it's just I'm emotional like that. That's why I was successful as a fighter because I'm going to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, but I want to do it right. I don't want to get caught in that. Yeah. It's just a, it's a way to do it, mm. you know? I got the desire to want to kill somebody. You have to have the desire to want to hurt somebody to be a fighter. Speaking of fighting, UFC 273, what do you think about Hazmat? Let me see these guys. Who's Hagamash? Let's see who these guys, who's fighting now? Kamzat Chemaev. It's, it's, yeah, he's you know from Chechnya. Who, you know who called him? Psychopath. Who called him? That's a wild fight. dude. Huh? Wait, yeah. would you call him? We called him Hamzat. Oh, Hamzat. Hamzat Chimaev. Okay, Ham yeah. yeah. Uh, Colby Covington calls him Cumshot. So does. Uh, very rude. So, yo, come, listen, a lot of other guys do it too. Oh, so, yeah. Is, remember, does um, it say that? Yo, he calls him what? He calls him Cumshot. What? Look, I can't very say rude. that about that. Very rude. Remember, but um, he's just fucking with his head, obviously. Remember, um, Izzy, we had Izzy on the show. Edesanya. Oh, he says it too. Edesanya, he said that too on the show. <laughs> like a thing now? Like, what? Yeah, it sounds like me, something Izzy would say. Guy this. Did you watch that fight, Mike? Which one? Between him and Gilbert Burns? No, but I know this guy has some. He has some issues that he looks like a nice guy, but he's kind of psychopathic. Oh, he's right? a full psychopath. <laughs> full psychopath. You think he's a rising star? Oh, oh yeah, I mean, he, he, he just he's beat Gilbert he's Burns. Gilbert yeah. Burns was a number two contender, yeah. I think, or number three. Him, huh? He beat him. No, yeah. it was a close fight. Yeah, wow. It was a good fight. It was mm -hmm. a very, very good fight. Mm -hmm. Some people even thought uh, Gilbert won. Like, um, oh, let's go. I have good friends that texted Ooh. me afterwards and they thought Gilbert won. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was a very good fight, though. Yeah. Very close fight. It was the first time Hamzad had ever been tested. Gilbert dropped him. Well, you know Gilbert hit him with a big right hand and dropped him. How do you think uh, he'd match up with Edesanya and Usman? See, the thing is, like, they look too Us big for Usman him. beat Burns in his last outing pretty handily. Uh huh. 
I mean, Us- Burns caught him in the first round with a big shot, but Usman survived easily and then stopped Burns uh-huh. afterwards and just was the first guy to be able to really dominate him like yeah, that. Burns, so there's like you know, got this high this level. He's a good yeah. fight, but he gets hit a lot. Well, Burns is a wild man. He's a wild man. It's one of the reasons why he's so good, but it's also one of the reasons why he took this fight because he's got the balls to fight this big, giant welterweight Mm -hmm. and go to war with him. Yeah. And uh, very little of the fight was on the ground. And even on the ground, the thing is, like, Gilbert's, like, dropping a jab. Gilbert is super dangerous on the ground. I mean, he's a four-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion and really started his career at 155, fought at 55 for a while, but at 170, Mm. I mean, he, he beat... Tyron Woodley pretty handily. Mm-hmm. He's a beast, man. He's really good. He's enthusiastic, too. Oh, he's a fucking beast. Enthusiasm makes yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah. I always he's, tell my daughter that. The enthusiasm makes it happen, yeah. baby. He's a born fighter. Yeah. And he's also a guy who competes regularly in grappling at an elite level. Wow. Yeah, he fought Rafael Lovato. He had a match with him, a jiu-jitsu match with him, mm-hmm. and uh, beat him. And Lovato is like top of the food chain, American Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Like, world champion in Bellator, like an elite, elite guy. And Gilbert beat him in a grappling match. I mean, he didn't submit him, but he beat him on points in a grappling match, which is crazy yeah. for a guy that's fighting at this level mm-hmm. in the UFC to also be able to compete at a super high level in grappling simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, that's what a warrior Gilbert Burns is. He's a beast. But that dude, Hamzat, is oh. the fucking truth real deal he's the fucking truth because mm-hmm. he got hit with bombs he got his head spun around backwards Ooh, never he backed kicked, off he kicked yeah. him off the oh pit. yeah he almost kicked him out of the picture of the, with the yeah. television man. Oh, this is a battle, right. a battle. he got dropped here and immediately yeah. dives in and grabs a hold of him takes him down i mean he was on queer street right there oh, they fighting hard it was a guys. war yeah, it was a war the yeah. first fight that he was ever really tested inside the octagon. And the, for all the, the other fights that he's had, he's had four wins, he's been hit twice. And that's not bullshit. Four wins, he was hit twice. In this fight, he was hit like 119 yeah, times or something crazy. It was an amazing fight. Listen, we were just, didn't we just read about the Chetneyans? Yeah, the, what we kind just of mentality did. Yeah. They are? Tough fucking and people, man. That's their mentality, too. Yeah. And you know what they do for entertainment? They wrestle bears and they, <laughs> and they, and they, no, listen, I've been there, I traveled, I stayed there, I've been there, um, the president, I know the president ran them, and um, they watch like Evil Knievel stunts and tricks and the guy with a motorcycle, it's the whole time you sit there and watch it. They they yeah, have a exciting. lot of MMA fighters that come out of there. They, I, oh, sorry. They, no, I was just going to say, they, they get behind a lot of MMA fighters. It's very, like combat sports driven country so when a guy like Hamzat comes out of there you mm-hmm. also got to think like horrible place to live Listen, you know it's dangerous life is, and just, life yeah. is not worth war. a quarter yeah. life is just worth a, a word yeah not worth anything it's a war torn part of the world and the people that survive guys like him and then he goes over to Sweden becomes an elite wrestler but, the people that he trains with mm-hmm. he's like their brothers who would never fight them he, he's, like, very tightly knit with the people he trains with. Because he just started training with this English guy, Darren Till. It's mm. kind of a hilarious duo. Darren Till is this Muay Thai fighter from England. He fights in the UFC, and he started training with Hamza in Sweden. They become, like, best friends. And now they call each other brother, and, like, everybody's his brother. So he's got, like, this tight-knit team yeah. until he goes to war. Listen, and then when he goes to war, he just wants to kill everybody. Nobody knows how much the warrior spirit is in the English people. Yeah. They're nothing but warriors. It's nothing but warriors. That's all they know how to do is fight. You go to England, everybody in England know how to do a fight. They may know how to win, but everybody knows how to fight. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. 
Joe, I was curious to know, you starting off commentating for uh, UFC, did you ever think it was going to be as big as it was? No, no, not at all. No, I always thought it would be some weird fringe thing that I liked. That, like, I like some fringe things. I like, I like watching professional pool. I play pool, so I watch. It's, nobody watches that, right? I watch it. Yeah. I like. So I thought it was like that. Minnesota, one of those fringe Minnesota things. Fats and Willie Muscone. Yes. Back in the day, that, and they had their, their. What was this guy named Don? He was like the pro. He was like the protege of Minnesota. Nah, Willie Muscone. I forgot his name. He was a, he was good too. Don something. Yeah, I used to watch those guys. I'm not sure who that young. would be, but yeah. I met Minnesota Fat and Willie Moscone before. Oh, did you really? I was a young kid, 13, oh, wow. 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, pool used to be a big thing. Now nobody really, you got to watch it on YouTube. Listen, That's the only way people watch gotta it. I got to keep it real. Pool became a big thing because of Minnesota Fat. Because he was the Muhammad Ali of pool nigga. He talked so much shit. Mm. Do you know he stole his name from the movie The Hustler? Minnesota Fat? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. New York Fats at first, Yep. Right? Yes, uh, you do know. Mike knows. <laughs> oh my that's goodness. it. Yeah, it's it was New York Fats. Minnesota. Minnesota's that slick pimp stuff, right? Yeah. Because Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota Fats, the guy, was like a hustler. He was like a one-pocket player and a hustler, he and he just took play, the he game. He could never beat Willie Misconi in no. a fair game. No. He got to play the trick shot. Mm -hmm. He could beat him in a game of one pocket, maybe. They would play like Willie each Mascone guy would have one master. corner yeah, pocket. Misconi was his master, but this is the difference. Moscone could always beat him, but watching him play is exciting. Yeah. And watching Moscone play. Well, Moscone, he would talk all kinds yeah. of shit. Talking shit. He was the Miami Lea Pool. He's talking shit. Talking said, shit and running out. This is going to come up in your mother's skirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> when I, uh... He was a gambler. That was the big thing. Okay. He was a gambler. Moscone was a big time yeah. tournament player. The guy that could beat him in straight pool couldn't yeah. beat him for money. Yeah. Yeah, Moscone was the guy that would win like world championships in straight clean pool. Guy. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Moscone was nice a very tie. Clean, classy guy. Yeah, Minnesota Fats. Who used to be New York Fats? He's a monster. He was just a, a you know a shit talker who played real good pool. Mm -hmm. Everybody was, was scared of him. He had a great personality. No, he was yeah. a big personality, you know. Fun fact: My dad bought me a pool table when I was like maybe 12, 13. I mean, he used to run it all the yeah. time. So yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That that that's used to be your thing. You ever hear the singer Emma James? Emma James. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the name. She said Minnesota Fats was her father. Oh, wow. Probably. He probably got yeah. around. That was back in the day you'd get laid if you played good pool. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know? Try that. What's your strategy? He was more Mike, how are you going to get laid? I'm going to learn how to play pool real good. <laughs> oh, he was more, he was more than a pool player. He was one. a big personality, you know? He was more than a yes. pool player. No, he was an entertainer. Yeah. He definitely made uh, the sport bigger, but a big thing that made the sport bigger was that movie, The Hustler. Yeah. The Hustler was a huge movie. And when that Gary movie Glee, came I'm out... Gleason, Johnny... And what was the name? Uh, Jackie Jack Gleason, Gleason and Paul Newman. And then they did the, another one Ooh, with Tom Jackie Cruise, Gleason The Color so, of Money. Yeah, but Jack, Tom, um, Jackie Gleason just so cool. Oh, he was the best. He's he so was like cool. the first guy to ever play pool on TV that actually knew how to play pool, or in the he's movies, so cool. I should say. Jackie Gleason could play some fucking pool. You could tell. Yeah. Like when he's playing, like his, the fluidity of his, mm -hmm. his stroke when yeah. he's going through the ball, like that guy can play. Yeah. I saw his documentary, yeah, that, well, amazing documentary. Successful, all his life, always been successful. He was an interesting guy. All he liked to do was get drunk and play golf and get drunk and play pool. He was like, he was like, he was like a modern day, um, what was the guy named W.C. Fields? Yeah. You know? Do you know the story about the house that he had, that he had built to look like a UFO? Who? Jackie Gleason. Are you serious? Jackie Gleason <laughs> was friends with Nixon. Uh -huh. And Jackie Gleason and Nixon, legend has, they were drinking one night and Nixon says, you want to see a UFO? And he takes Jackie Gleason to some hangar 
well, they have a crashed UFO. Yeah, and he shows too. it to them. And, shows and them so the alien too. Jackie Gleason gets a fucking house built in the shape of a UFO. It's in New York State. That's and true. it was for sale at one point in time. I can't believe I didn't know it was for sale until somebody bought it. So you believe in you believe in UFOs. You believe that the government's hiding stuff from us. Kinda. I don't disbelieve. You don't I don't know. believe. Yeah, I, don't disbelieve it. I don't disbelieve, but I don't but believe. Listen, I um, think it's possible. Can it's I possible. give you my opinion? Yes, please. You know what I saw? Pick it up. Um, Look at that put, house, though. Put a, put That's in. his fucking house. He had his house made like the inside of a flying saucer. Yeah. Like it was a big circular house in the woods in New York State. That's true. It looks dope. Yeah, I mean, it's a wild-looking house. And that was Jackie Gleason. I mean, he could, any fucking house he wanted, he could get. And he decided to make this. Yeah. And he said it was because that's what he saw when he went to visit Nixon. Or so, the legend has it. That's trippy as shit, the house is. Yeah. I just don't believe that God just, I don't believe the universe just chose us to be the only one. Yeah. Look at these guys. They're so special. They're going to be the only one in existence. You know what? And those... Nobody in trillions of miles away gonna be existing with them. Trillions of miles. I mean, from the end of time, there's nobody's gonna ever exist but us. We're gonna handle all this space by ourselves. You believe that? <laughs> no, no, I don't believe so that. So, ten million miles of space, there's nobody. A billion miles of space, there's nobody but us. I think there's definitely some shit visiting us over the course of human history. The, mm -hmm. the question is like, how often and how's it do it? But listen. It doesn't have to be physical. It could be spiritual. Right. Yeah. right. They may be able to, like, my view into what is, our what is area. Thing my wife, what's my wife talking about this? What's my wife talks about? Glitz time and ultra. Sometimes it gets some time where you got to watch out. Mm -hmm. Everything could be bad. If what could happen would happen. What's the, what's the name? I don't know, but it's some ultra sound. Something happens. Or, may, or maybe they are here. They just kind of, like, take form of... Of humans, right? That well, could well, be. No, yeah. listen, we can't see the dust that's killing us. It's so microscopic. They might be in front of us and microscopic, right? We can't see the dust that's killing us. It's microscopic. Right. Why, why do they have to? Us. Maybe they're so advanced they don't have to be here to be here. Maybe they could view into here. Maybe they could peer into maybe, our, our world. Maybe they're unconscious. I used to think that maybe ideas were aliens because ideas make you create them. Like, everything that's ever been made, a light switch, a, a computer, a gun, everything that's ever been made oh, came wow. out of an idea. Yeah, that's so So true. if something okay. wants to get made, computer, how does it get made? Well, it has to get you excited about making it. Mm -hmm. So a thing, an idea comes into your head, mm -hmm. and everybody's ideas compound upon other ideas, and they make things better and better and better. But how is that happening? Like, those things are forcing themselves into existence. It's almost like a live thing that gets in your head, and then you have to go make something. And next yeah. thing you know, you've made an engine. And somebody attaches it to a fucking plane. I, I mean, this is crazy. crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. crazy. I don't know like that. That's Listen, did you, did you see the guy in um, the first, um, the first, uh, what's that, that suit that flies? Oh, when the jetpacks? Oh, jetpacks. The first, um, what's that Oh, called? the Iron Man suit? No, when you're flying, jet suit. Oh, 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 wingsuit, yeah, wingsuit, yeah. In Paris, put it in Paris, the Eiffel Tower, the first. Oh. You saw that one? I've seen a bunch of these where they miss. Uh, Eiffel Tower jump in 1902. Oh, dude, I'm not kidding. There's one where this guy, he slams into no, a, a bridge, look, a metal bridge, and the bridge right. clangs. No, no, no. No. Oh, yeah, I saw this guy. Yeah, I oh, saw this guy. Eiffel Tower. Yeah, this is the first oh, guy. This guy. This is the best. He falls right to his death. Look at this guy. No, well, He's well, like, how do you, no, but listen, how do you take a practice jump? How do you practice 
You don't practice. You don't practice. <laughs> you got to believe in yourself, Johnny. And I, you know, too, I can practice this. It's either you do bro, or you he don't. he falls like a rock. <laughs> he falls like a rock, this poor bastard. This I shit know, didn't he, work at all. When he first jumped up, I know he said, oh, shit. Oh, he has to have thought that, because look watch, how high watch, he was. Watch, watch. You have to have some this serious confidence like, and belief in yourself oh, no, to be yeah, able to do that. It's like, a just... stupid confidence. It's like not... It's <laughs> how not... do you practice this, man? How is he thinking of, he's going to land? A blind confidence. How is he thinking he's going to land? Do you know how fast you're going to be going down? How do you practice this? You do it this way. This I, is how you do it. I call it blind. This confidence. fucking guy's out of his mind. If I was his friend, I'd be like, Henry, I you don't know. Oh, oh Jesus! Look, he's gone. Oh! Look at everybody. Oh! Hey, look, what the? I mean, what? that didn't slow it down oh, they, at look, all. They caught him, they picked him up. Oh my God, there's a hole in the ground where it used to be. Oh! <laughs> he, he made a hole in the ground. Fuck you saw that. that. Yeah, that's Holy different. Moly. So let's. My friend Andy does that. He does those flying squirrel suit. He had the world record, Andy Stumpf. He held the world record for like, he, oh, he those, jumped out of a fucking airplane nah, with one of those flying Joby, wing Joby, suits. Listen, you ever, yeah. Joby, Joby How'd he land? Parachute? parachute? I think he's got a parachute, parachute at the yeah. end. I think that's what happens at the very end. You no. pull a parachute. Listen, I know a guy that could do Mount Everest. He does it faster than anybody in the world. Did it around four times already. Is it one? I know what you're talking about. It's like, it's like a sport. Yeah, he, but he's the fastest. Joby, he's the fastest in the world. And they use like nothing but their hands. Yeah. Is that that bare knuckle yeah. stuff? Yeah, I know that shit's trippy. Look he's, at this fucking he's guy. A god, did you see the story with this woman? She was a a suit flyer, and her husband died. And then she only dated people in the suit that fly suits. She wow. had three boyfriends that died from the suit. She only Jeez. dated a guy that wow. flies in the suit. She has a type. Yeah, yes. if I was those dudes, I'd check those suits super careful. No, listen. You I don't want them to just no. cut you, cast oh, aspersions man. anybody's way. You got to check out that when they, suit. Listen, when they get hit a rock, you know, they hit the mountain, oh, yeah. they become like a piece of dust. Poof. No, my, my friend Andy, he told me he's pulled multiple friends off the mountain. Oh, they, they, they get embedded. He has multiple friends that have died doing this, and he... he he retired. He stopped doing it a while ago, but he held a world record at one point. Wow. It's the craziest well, shit you've ever seen. He's flying he, for miles. If he, if he retired, he's a quitter. These ah, people don't quit till they don't die. Don't say that. I'm they trying to quit, keep him alive. They don't quit till they die. <laughs> but he's, all, he's a Navy SEAL. That was his yeah. uh, original. And now he has oh, a so podcast. don't have fear. Navy SEALs don't have any fear. No, no, no. Well, Listen, I think they, they're intelligent this, about managing If he quit him. this, he had some fear. Oh, I could listen. If you do that, you have to have some fear. That's Woo! gonna be fucking scary. Listen, you gotta see when they hit the rock. They try to go through that hole in the rock and they hit the rock. Ooh! Oh, scary. I can't do they that. They became part, they become part of the rock. Yeah, the one that I saw that scared me the most, the one I was just telling you about, where the guy hits the bridge. Mm -hmm. He hit a bridge like a clang, like bang. <laughs> That's I don't like, have it, he made a mistake. He was trying to go through the bridge. He thought he was slick. Ooh, he go through the bridge, and he just calculated it wrong, wrong. and hit that fucking thing it, like a like a clang. Because you're moving so fast, like when you probably like realize that you have to adjust is way. Too oh, it's late. too late. Hey. Way too late. I didn't know you did. Like you couldn't even calculate how to get that right. Are you gonna play that? Don't play it. It's awful. Everybody gotta get this. It's shit awful. Time. It's <laughs> awful. It's Everybody awful. Get their time. When you hear it, you got to hear it. You hear the clang. It's like a, someone taking like a, a big baseball oh, bat and right banging here. it off a this metal girder. Right Just oh, bang. What's happening right here? Oh, here comes the volume. Jesus Christ. The They're guy? realizing this is the guy. He's got the wingsuit and he's trying to fly through this fucking bridge. I don't want to watch this, but I'm gonna. Oh, hey, Jesus. Here it goes. Oh! <laughs> yeah, dude. 
I mean, what in that the... That him right there? Holy fuck. What in the holy fuck? All right. Did that turn, sound healthy? Turn that it off, please. Healthy. That's a wrap. That's a, oh. that's a wrap for this existence. So, oh. him. so let's, then, talk, let's talk about scary things. Fear factor. That, how did that How did that come about? That's a hell of a transition, sir. Um, how did it come about? It was just a game show that was on in the Netherlands. It was called uh, Now or Neverland. But listen, t- it was on time, in Holland. Right? Was that some demonic stuff? You see the guys with the, the, the scorpions and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Bugs. Yeah, snakes. We we covered people in snakes and shit. It was a show uh, called Now or Neverland, and they did it in Holland. And mm-hmm. then um, a company called Endemol bought it, mm-hmm. brought it to America. And they just changed the name to Fear Factor. Did Did you ever help with any of like the no. tasks that people had to do? No, 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 no. Ninety eight percent of the time during that show, I was high as fuck. <laughs> that's That's how I got through it. I would I'd take uh, pot lollipops with me to work. Yeah. And I just suck on the lollipop until it felt just right. Uh-huh. And then I could uh, enjoy the show. Because watching that show was fucking it was gross. Just too we- it was just <laughs> such a weird job because I thought when I signed up to do it, I really thought it was going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are they going to sick dogs on people? How are they going to make people eat eyeballs and shit? This is going to go off the oh, that's, air. That's a gonna... delicate test. Remember the movie? Um, what was that movie about death? What was the movie? Which movie? The movie of the, of the um, uh, documentary of death. Faces, oh, faces of death. death? Yeah, yeah, faces of death. Remember when they eating the monkey? Yeah. Right? That's was crazy. that real? Very Some real. of them were faked, very right? Very real, but the monkey thing is very real. Uh, some of them I were think, faked. I think monkey brains actually like a delicacy it, yeah, in, in some cultures. People need to get their shit together. <laughs> Go have I an always, apple. Listen, <laughs> the fuck are you eating a monkey? That's, right? <laughs> that's, that's so wrong. That's who we are. I know. It is. That's the we're problem. Animals is like that they told that became human beings. We're not human beings that became animals. Yeah, there's there's things that you see, some there's cruelty that you see sometimes. Like you ever see the documentary The Cove when they're slaughtering the dolphins? When you see people slaughter dolphins, it's like that's it's like, like a seeing sport. people slaughter kids. Like a yeah. Sport, though, yeah. Right? No, 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 no. It's like it's it's a thing about uh in competition with the dolphins for fish. That's that's a big part of Are it. Are you serious? Yeah, they this cove, this area where they they hunt these dolphins, one of the things I thought I it was think a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing that they that's how they feel about the dolphins, but they feel like I I, I don't want to fuck this up. You'd have to google this to make sure I'm not ruining this. But believe, I, I believe what it is is like Google Master, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Google this. I think the reason why uh, those people felt compelled to kill the dolphins was they were in competition with them mm. for tuna. I think that's what it was. But, you know, it's why just it's hard dolphin? to watch. The dolphins are form of tuna. They did eat dolphins. Some people Aren't do eat dolphins. Dolphin. Even sharks, I think, too. Like they cut off their fin, right? They're horrible sharks. Yeah, but horrible. no, they eat shark, too. Like, Mako shark used to be something you could buy at a restaurant until everybody what, got um, crazy about you know sharks. They well, the killer shark. Yeah, they do. They yeah, orca whales, love top of the food chain. Yeah. The most rational, the most intelligent one always wins. Not Something happened one. where people started loving sharks. Now you can't eat sharks anymore. It's kind of weird because shark is pretty good. I've yeah. had Mako shark before like at a seafood restaurant. It yeah. was really good. But I, you never see shark on the menu anymore. People have like this weird like uh, connection to sharks you know, now. Eating, eating had a lot to do with um, containing the spirit of what we ate. Well, if we ate people, we use a great warrior, we're going to get that great warrior spirit. You want to hear some a, crazy shit? Yeah, go for it. They're cloning tiger meat for human consumption. I believe what? that. Where? Some scientists have figured that. out how to do this, and a company want, is selling it. I want to be, be They're gonna. You are what you eat. Yeah, well, that's... What is that? You're going to have a nice know? tiger burger. <laughs> <In a GMO. laughs> I'd be interested to see <laughs> what it does. 
That's interesting. You ever had tiger meat? No. I would like no. to take it. I would taste it. If I would I eat, eat it. If I eat elk, I'll eat tiger. What's the difference? The elk and the tiger. Yeah, elk is pretty good. I elk, elk is amazing. Fire. Elk is delicious. Fire. But um, they're going to do this, so they're going to be able to get a skin sample. and some. I don't know how cloning works, but they're going to be able to clone it, and then they're going to be able to make some sort of artificial version of meat that's made out of meat. But listen. I don't know how they're doing it, it but it's going to be like lion steaks. But listen, Joe. If I listen, if I take them, I chop them up and I put them in front of you, you would think there's some um, delicacy, right? Oh, for sure. You I wouldn't know, know any if better. I chop one of these guys meat. up and just put them in front of you. It's just meat. There was a dude named uh, General Buck Naked. You ever, you ever heard <laughs> yeah, of him? Yeah, I know that one, the black yeah. guy. Yes. And they had General in Liberia. These are yeah. sick dudes. But he went in the <laughs> yeah. war hunting people naked and Buck stuff. Fuck naked. But naked. Take, take all his clothes off with a fucking machine gun. Run General through the woods. Tupac and General yeah. Biggie. And this this guy... Um, so when they beat, kill that guy and they get the money, where the money? They cut his eye out, cutting his feet out. You remember when you saw that stuff? Yeah. And they cut him out. Where's the money now? Tell me the truth. Where is it? They would cut people's hearts out and <laughs> eat right it. Like, like heavy duty shit. Whoa. And he had... He had uh, come into some, uh, he recognized that there were some vendors mm -hmm. that were selling human meat on the street. And they asked him, like, how do you know that it was human meat? He goes, because I've had human meat. And you're like, whoa. Would you? Yeah, no, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but that's trippy. That's trippy. Whoa. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's this, whoa. Listen, but you have to understand, this is something, this is just some, that, this is what the world is, what the world is doing is domesticating us. This is who we are, man. That's what people were for a long time. Yeah. That's one of the things you, when you uh, read about certain Native American populations and certain uh, tribal populations, they did eat, kill listen, their, and eat their enemies sometimes. Listen, because they want the spirit of their enemy. Because when, when the enemy's fighting them, they're fighting them with such ferocity, they mm. want that energy. That is wild. To, to, I don't to think, think that someone's going to kidnap you and eat you. Oof. I don't know what I think is wild. You know, that's hard. No, that's not that's, wild. I think, that's a horrible way to die. I think us becoming the way we are is wild. This is, us being programmed is wild. Our instincts is no longer needed. Some of them are needed, right? No, but, but they won't be needed if we continue to be programmed. Well, you need your instincts then if you're programmed to do something. I think we're going to get integrated into machines. I really do. Mm, That's I believe, what I think. I believe in the chips system. They're going to put the chip in, in us. In our brain? No, in our wrist and son. They're going to find out who, how much money you got. The they're definitely trying to do that. In they other countries, they do the with cash. COVID tests. Yeah. You know, you know why they want to get rid of cash so bad? Because cash is king. Listen, they got rid of the um, $100,000 bill. Because, look, 10 of them be a million dollars. So in a little bag, I can keep $50 million. In a bag like this, I can put $50 million. Right now, you only got $150 million to fill up half of the room now. Mm. You know, $1 bill or something, a $100 bill. But in a $100,000 bill, you can put 10 of them when you got a million bucks. Right? Imagine putting a 1,000 of them. You know what I mean? It looks small. Yeah, why can't, why can't you get a $10,000 bill? No more. Because oh, no. of drugs. Oh. Because of drugs. They'd be trafficked. Traf you could take um, 200 $10,000 bills and you could put it in a little bag. You know? There's so many things like that where you go, why, how come we can't do this? How come we can't do that? All them, I used to have all, used to have all yeah, the, um, think about the big bills, $100,000 bills. I used to have all the bills. I used to oh, really? <laughs> Is that all of them? Yeah, I used, to, uh, I, used to, I used to read about Arnold Ross and the big gambler. They pulled out $100,000 bills and shit. I bet there's a lot of dudes that have, like, gold bars in their yes. house. Hey, like, yes. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, man. For sure, right? Do that. I've seen people. I've been to people's house. 
that had the bust of what Jesus, what, not Jesus Christ, but what Julius Caesar really looked like with the hair missing in, really is his bust. Somebody made a bust of him. Wow. Jesus, Julius Caesar. Listen, there's people that have art in their basement that could never yeah. be seen. Never be seen. That yeah. Could never be seen. There's stuff that's missing. There's some stuff I saw that would blow <laughs> your mind. I believe it. Yeah, I'm talking about from the art perspective that yeah. probably been stolen a hundred thousand years ago. You have know? you been to the Vatican, Mike? I no, 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 I haven't been to the Vatican. But um I was a little a little sh shaky to go there, a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> you should go there just to see the art collection. It's crazy. I wanna go to um France of Reims. I wanna see all the kings and queens of the you know, the Merovingians and stuff. Mm. I like that stuff. I wanna go to those uh, catacombs that are all yeah. covered in human skulls and shit. Yeah. Like have but you know seen what? That? No, yeah, it's not. No, it's, no, 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 yeah. bugs me out about that. I want to say, I wonder. When I see that scar, I said, I wonder what that life was like. What was that life about? What was you know before he got to this? What was this life about? How was, how did he enjoy his life? Was he was he tormented? Was he did he ever fall in love? Did anyone ever love them or whatever? I said, right. what was that life like? I always think stupid things like that. Would they ever love? That's not stupid at all. Not stupid at all. That's not stupid at all. Yeah. That's like the essence of being a person. Really? And to, yeah, man. And to see oh, all of those that was just mundane heads. stuff. It's the wonder. What was their life like? Did they ever love someone? Mike, I think were they slaves? I think were they slaves? And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so fascinated with you. Is that not only are you this guy that we've watched since we were kids, but that we we've got a chance to like we imagine. What would it be like to be Mike Tyson? Like, that was a thing that people would always, always ask. Could searching. you imagine always if searching. you were Mike Tyson? It's but, always searching. But you were living in a way that was so extraordinary that everyone could only imagine what it was like to be you. Do you know that? that I mean, that's an extraordinary position in the, the, the greater spectrum of, like, what people are paying attention to. When you're the heavyweight champion of the world and you're 20 years old... That was a young kid that lived big. Crazy. Everybody I know was like, could you imagine what it's like to be Mike Tyson? Because no one could imagine it. That's how wild it is. I thought I owned the world. I really believe my ego told me I owned the world because the world made me believe that. Mm -hmm. Every, you know, listen... Um, <clears throat> If you um, if I don't know if you mean you go to Moscow, it's just it's man, it's just like um, carte blanche. It's just Mongolia, a certain part of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just you'd be surprised um, how lawless some of the world is. You know, you just it, gratitude. You'd yeah. be surprised that you go someplace that peep the man is God. He runs the country as God. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Oh man, I see. If you do in some country, like you say, he felt my ass. He raped me, attacked me. The cops will bring you to that guy, and the cops will let him kill you in front of them. <clears throat> oh man, some of those places you be. Ooh, this is a beautiful place. Yeah. <clears throat> America is beautiful. As fucked as America is. Oh, this is the best place in the world. Oh man, best thing better, baby. But that's place. one of the crazy. I don't care all the racism. This is the best thing going in the planet, man. I don't care Japan. Well, that's the sweet, the sweet. No, this is the best thing going. To make something out of yourself. Facts. Best thing. Mike, when we were talking today about uh, Genghis Khan, we were talking about Alexander the Great and all these conquerors, like that. Like that wasn't really that long ago. No. Listen, 2,000 years, that's only what? Two, 300 years before Christ, Genghis Khan is what? 1800s, what, right? I think it was a fourth, what, like no, 1400s? 
Genghis Khan? 1200s? 1200s? 12. That's not that long ago. That's what's so crazy. Listen, most of these guys, Alexander the Great, Hannibal, Genghis Khan, they, we have their DNA. That's why some people are savages to some, because we have these guys' DNA. These guys conquered the world, and look where, look where we're, what level we are. We have their seeds. We have them. Some people, like some people, like they have those psychopaths. Some people love killing people. Some people love eating people. We still, some people don't, um, just like animals, some animals get more, get domesticated quicker than others. And the same in human beings. Some of them get domesticated quicker than others. And some For of sure. Them, some of them just never get domesticated. Mm. They're just what they are. So they use genetically passed down their makeup. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I the know. way we're so attached to our phones is going to lead to us being attached to some electronic thing that we wind up accepting in our body. No, listen, and it's going to change what people chip. are. Like chip. some iRobot yeah. shit, honestly? Yeah, legitimately. Saying? Like some no, kind of cyborg all of us shit. right now, if our phones stop now, we would start fighting for some reason. <laughs> Before we figured this shit out, our phones started now, we would for some reason find the I fight know. reasons to fight. We would get, we're so distracted right. by phones. But I think the thing about phones is you accept the fact that everybody has one, you accept mm -hmm. the fact you always have it on you. So it might as well be a part of your body. It's just not connected. And one day it will be. One day, they're going to figure out how to put a thing on your head that makes your brain work way better, and a few people are going to do it, and they're going to have a big advantage, and then we're all going to do it. But until then. Until then. Your phone will be like your will. When you die, take my phone, son. Everything I have and trust. <laughs> right. Bitcoin. Everything I, everything I right. love. All, all my, my NFTs. All my information. <laughs> all my yeah. love for my life. Everything's in here. You take this. Yeah, it'll people be your will. NFTs on their phone. Yeah, it'll be your will. Your phone will be your will. All your information to somebody. Yeah. Give all your secrets. Speak I think... Oh, sorry. No, I'm just going to say, I just think it's all going in that direction. It's all going in like it becomes more and more a part of your life, not less of a part of your life. People say, hey, you should take some time off your phone. Hey, and everybody agrees, but nobody does it. No. And everybody's going in the same general direction, which is more and more immersion. What's the purpose for doing it? What's the purpose for cutting it off? This, I don't think there's a purpose for cutting it off, but I think this is a, if you looked at this from space, mm -hmm. if you were just like from another planet and you didn't know what a person was, and you mm -hmm. say, what is this thing doing? You go, oh, this thing makes things. And it keeps making better and better and better things until it gets these people, these creatures, to do everything they can to get the newest, greatest thing. Mm -hmm. And that is like where like a giant part of your social cloud is, to have the newest, greatest thing. And that makes innovation. And innovation makes technological innovation. And technological innovation makes integration. Integration into the human body. Whether it's by getting, having it right next to you at all times, until eventually it's on your wrist, until eventually it's in your body. But something's one moment, and certain part, one part of that moment, something's going to say, could it always happen? How do I turn, turn this off? Yeah. How do I make this stop? Yeah. Like we do right now, this pain. How do I make this stop? Too much anything. Yeah. yeah. Too much anything. Is but it's going to be like, you know when you go to a hotel and you can get the free Wi-Fi or you pay nine bucks and you get the good Wi-Fi? Yeah. So that's how it's going to be. It's going to be, listen, you can not fully integrate forever mm -hmm. and you won't get all the benefits. I think but look at all these people that have already yeah. fully integrated. I think people <laughs> say, on, bro. there'd be people like Candy Station from back in 1900. No, we're against um, telephone. We do telephone. Yeah. We're against telephone. Telephones make you stupid. Telephones make you smart. Right. You know, we go through that war. They thought that about the printing press. They thought that when the printing press came out that it was just going to be a bunch of people printing nonsense and that it wouldn't, wouldn't help anybody. You know, when Edison made the light bulb, right? I forgot the guy. What was the guy? Morgan, Morgan, something. Um, J.P. Morgan. Yeah. 
His father said, you're such a fool. You wasted For making time. a light bulb. For making a light bulb. Said, you're such a fool. You're going to ruin your life with gadgets like this. That's hilarious. You're such a fool. His father, his father Jules, wrote, wrote very easy. That's how it always happens. Though. I feel like people that, that are always thinking the outside, light bulb of, was outside a, of the box. was a mistake. Yeah. The light bulb was a disaster. Suddenly you're wasting <laughs> time and money on this. But you know what's interesting, Mike? Those old light bulbs lasted forever. Yes. They figured out a way to make light bulbs burn out. That was one of the first products that they made shittier. Like, as time went on, instead of saying, oh, I know how to make a light bulb that lasts 100 years. Listen, they knew how to I do that. Like, what they call D-E-T-E-D-E. What's the light bulb called that lasts forever? Just leave it on all day. Oh, LEDs, LED, right? LED, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I just feel like that. I put that in my pigeon coop now. Just leave the light on. Let LCD? Them all night. LED or LCD? Well, they LED last all LED. night. You know? Yeah, they last forever. I'm but those old ones, they were like a, it was a thick metal wire, mm -hmm. and they just made the wire thin. We're right. going to have to put Can you Google that to find out that's true? Yeah, I think old, I think it's pretty sure that old light bulbs were more durable. <laughs> I feel like anything uh, that like comes up with something new, they always get doubted, right? There's always some sort of like. Well, sometimes doubt. they're wrong, you uh, know. Yeah, but I mean the light bulb. Like, that's the light bulb, but you got to go like way back to find things like that. Now, it's nowadays they're they're constantly now, finding new things the light out bulb. and going oh. Um, the garbage can sweepers keeper, you know, the garbage truck. Mm -hmm. Um, um, garbage mines for yeah. landmine for garbage. Mm -hmm. There's always um, pollution and contamination and overcrowding has always been the problem in the world. Well, look at all the fucking masks that got thrown into the ocean this year. Oof. You know how many masks they keep finding in the ocean? There's like billions of masks. Yeah, it's tragic. Like they're in landfills and shit and they fly around when the wind blows. Like, woof. It's not good. You know, it's like human that. beings, we keep finding a way to fuck up the environment more and more. Like those, when they find those birds and their stomachs are filled with uh, plastic, plastic bottle caps, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, or turtles, when you see you like the, yeah. the caps wrapped around the They've been, listen, yeah. since the beginning of the time, they've been polluting the water, the ocean. Well, what you were talking about here. earlier today about Rome. Yeah. About how they treated Rome back in the day. It was just a cesspool. It was okay to have, uh, you know, to be naked and have feces on you and stuff. And this is the, this is the, uh, the, Enchilant, the upper league. They didn't care. They raped people. They had sex in the street. Um, they killed people in the street. They just hang. They get. It just was like it was disgust. It was Nowadays, just, people get they get mad if you throw a cigarette on the ground, stomp on it, right? People get mad at that person. <laughs> like that's how conscious people are now of uh, littering. Like if you saw someone actually littering, you'd be furious at them. And I think I, it was like listen, totally normal back and then. And that's how they had duels, right? If I if I saw your woman, I say, hey, let's duel for her. Oof. Yeah, that's what they did. Like that. We had presidents that had duels. One of them More died, than one. Right? One of I them think killed so. somebody. I think one of them killed somebody. One of them might have died. What's oh, he, um, the guy, the treasurer got killed. What was his name again? Uh, Hamilton. Oh, right, Hamilton. Yeah, we were talking about Hamilton, that Hamilton got uh, hoodwinked by some floozy. Some lady uh, came along and ran a scam on Mr. Hamilton, yeah. apparently. That was... Uh, that's how, he went down. that's how he went down. He, he went had down. to write a whole like letter of like this. This is not what happened. And the the, the, the woman's husband apparently was involved, mm -hmm. and it was a scheme to <laughs> to blackmail Hamilton back in the day. They were they were doing that even from the beginning of time. Brilliant. Anybody wanted to be a politician. All the founding fathers were jealous of one another. I'm sure. What was the guy Thomas Paine? He had beef with George Washington. <laughs> when he had beef with George Washington, nobody fucked with him no more. They didn't buy his products, and he starved to death. It probably, oh, shit. It George probably, Washington was like, um, he had the biggest ego in the world. He thought he was God. How different do you think it was back then, too, with no internet? Like, the shit they were able to do. Well, shit. Mike and I grew up without the internet. That's the difference to you, you youngsters. You guys are so <laughs> accustomed to having the internet, you think it's normal. 
When I was a kid, you left the house and no one knew where the fuck you were. But listen, you just went out there. There was yeah. no phone. Yeah. No one knew who you were. But look, look how much you had in your head. You had a lot in your head. Wow, you had so yeah. many numbers. You were like, a, it was oh like, yeah. Listen, we never went to school, but we're like we're mathematicians. The numbers that were in yeah. our head. Oh, we want to call mom. We want to call John. We want to call the, yeah. the prison house. We want to call police station. All that shit is in our head. I always kept a quarter in that little stupid pocket in the Levi's. I uh. always kept a quarter up there just in case yeah. I had to call somebody. Like you could get lost and have to call somebody. I feel like and you guys read a lot more books too. Um, well, it you watch a lot of movies. I know that. Yeah, you've been to the movies a lot, huh? Lots. Yeah, back then. But I read books on uh, a lot of books on martial arts mm-hmm. and a lot of books on like Anthony Robbins type books, like books on psychology, yeah. books on like you know how to get your mindset right, get your discipline in order. I always, I thought, very, I always looked yeah. up royal families, like, you know what I mean, the Borgias and all those guys, and see how they... Because some of these guys' bloodlines last for, like, a thousand years. Yeah. Didn't you win a Taekwondo uh, tournament? The U.S. That was a couple of hundred. Olympic? No, I, I, I was a Massachusetts state champion, and I won a thing called the American Open. I came in second in the U.S. Cup against yeah. a guy who fought in the Olympics, and I, I've I've I competed in a lot of Taekwondo tournaments. But yeah. then I started kickboxing. And I realized I realized how easy it was for me to get fucked up, because uh, <laughs> Taekwondo they only, you only kick, mm-hmm. you only punch to the body, mm-hmm. and so like my ability to block punches to my face, I was grossly overestimating it. So I started sparring with kickboxers and just getting lit up. So then I started really concentrating on boxing and really concentrating on kickboxing. And I was still competing in Taekwondo. I was like, I got to stop doing this because I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I, I wanted to start doing stand-up. And I knew I was in the middle of doing both of them. Yeah. But my, I was making a living out of teaching Taekwondo. I was teaching it at Boston University. I was teaching it. At, I had my own school in yeah. Revere, Massachusetts. And I was like, I got to quit. Because if I don't quit, I'm going to half-ass this. And I don't want to half-ass th- for the students. And I don't want to half-ass this comedy thing either. I got like, to go all in. So yeah. I quit. Listen, life is words. Yeah. Life is words. And you didn't quit. You stopped. Yeah, I just stopped. I realized, like, I'm, I'm, to, for me to ch- keep competing, this was pre-UFC, sorry, right? So there was no, like, way to make a living fighting, really. For sure. Like, all of those tournaments were all free. Uh, the kickboxing tournament I fought in was free. And then the, uh, if you wanted to go professional as a kickboxer, there wasn't a lot of money in America. You would have to probably yeah. go overseas. Overseas. Mm. Yeah, you'd have to fight in Europe. You'd get fighting the Holland guys. Like, all those guys in uh, Holland were... A bunch of bad motherfuckers came out of there. Like, Ooh, in, in that yeah. yeah. Declan. Ramon Deckers. Guys. Ooh, yeah. Yes. You know Declan? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many guys that have come out of Holland. Ernesto Hoost, Rob Kamen. I mean, just uh, Peter Ertz. Just a, a sea of killers. Rico Verhoeven, the guy who's the champ right he's now. He's the man. Oh, he's an animal. He's an animal. That that guy guy that, he beat that guy that was killing everybody. What's that Muslim guy? Come on. Oh, yeah. The big crazy guy. Badahari. Yeah, he was killing everybody. Yes. Badahari dropped him twice. He was still yeah. in that fight. That, Ooh, he's a bad guy. is a dangerous guy. He's yeah. killer be killed. That guy is just Ooh, die on his wired, shield. Wired reckless. reckless. Yeah. He's wired reckless. Yeah, yeah reckless. He, comes, he comes from blood. And, and the thing is, what you were saying, Mike, People love you when you do your best. And that's why they love him. Like, they know that guy's ready to go out quit. on a shield. He he's got he's no quit. He's going out on a shield. He goes to war. And sometimes they get him, and sometimes he gets them. And he used to get them a lot more when he was younger, but that's just... Nature of the beast. That's just fighting. But that's he's just so fighting. Exciting. He's very exciting. He's one of the most exciting kickboxers of all time because there's, like, there's no point fighting like with that guy. He's like an animal, right? With he's an animal. attacking. He's attacking. 
To hurt you at all yeah. times. Everything's to hurt you. Yeah. Nothing's soft. Everything's hard. He comes out of Mike's gym, which is uh, like a ferocious gym mm -hmm. in Holland, like known for like some of the most uh, elite, aggressive, technical kickboxers. Like super technical, but super aggressive. Like the whole gym was like that. Like that's, uh, you know, it's just, it's like What's a legendary gym. What's the guy from gym. Holland? What's his name? He fought everybody. The big guy. The Melvin Manhoof? No. Which guy? On. The black Sammy guy. Sammy Schultz? The black Ernesto guy. Ernesto no, he's, he's... Ernesto Hoost is the black guy. No, he's the dark, real dark guy. Look, come on, he's from Holland, though. Name him, he fought everybody. Ernesto Hoost fought everybody. No, but he's he fought, old he school. He fought Bob Sapp. He's old school. This other guy, oh. the young... What's his name? Hmm. He, he just so massive, big. He must have been on something. Forgot his name. So black he guy, a heavy looking guy. guy. Not, you sure it's not Ernesto Hoost? No, Ernesto the Ernesto black Hoost guy. is the legend. Yeah, yeah. the bald head guy. Yes, yes. No, yes. this is the good, Different really guy. good looking guy. He's from. Amazon. Oh, Alistair Overeem? Yes. Yes, Alistair Overeem. He's yes. been in some fights. Yes, yes. Well, Alistair Overeem was the K1 Grand Prix champion. But then fought, he fought in the UFC for a long I time. I thought lip ripped off sometimes. Ooh, this guy's an animal. Oh, that, that was his lip. He fought yeah. Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike Ooh. within, like, I think it was like just a few a seconds month. left in yeah. the fight. Rosenstrike. He threw this leaping hook and clipped him on the lip and just ripped his lip apart. It was Listen, crazy. But who's the guy that fought him that knocked him out? Nganu. Ngannou, who's the heavyweight champ, dude. Ngannou's a beast. Ngannou's a The other guy that he knocked out was a beast, boy. Magnificent puncher. Ngannou is like a character in a movie. If you, you look at the adversity that that guy went through, mm -hmm. he was on my podcast and he told a story about how he escaped the part of Africa he's from and made it all the way to Morocco and then across to Europe and that he had to do it over 14 months. They did it basically on foot and hitching rides and seven times he got arrested and sent back and they put him in the desert. Seven times. And seven times, he made it back to Morocco and tried to get across again. And one day, he That's got through. That's why he's different. That's why he's he different. Me, his mindset. He said, he, said, I, he said, I never heard about you, but I heard about you. And I said, I have to meet this man. I said, what? You never saw me? He said, no, but I heard about you. Yeah, so I had to miss Mike Tyson. So he's looking at me, and he's feeling my arm. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, did you really? Are you really Mike Tyson? Yeah, <laughs> man. That's amazing. Look at himself. He's feeling my arm. I said, holy shit. He had one of the most compelling stories I ever had on my podcast of this 14-month journey where he knew he had to make it to Europe. Mm -hmm. He had to figure out how to make it to Europe to start a fighting career. It's crazy. No, like very little form of training at all until he gets to France. And then he's, he's homeless. He's sleeping in a parking structure. And he gets taken in by this guy who was eventually his trainer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then they, they convince him to do MMA. He wants to box. And they convince him to start training and learning MMA. And then next thing you know, a few years later, he's the UFC heavyweight champion. I think, you know, I mean, what, it's wild. know what would happen if he boxed right now? He'd make a magnificent payday. Well, I hope they let him do that. I hope they let him do it the same you way they let Connor do it. You need to make that payday. Make that payday. Yeah. I think the same you with Usman and Canelo. You need to go in there with Tyson yeah. and make that payday. With Usman fighting Canelo, it's a crazy proposition, right? Because he's fighting one of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters, if not the best alive, and one of the all-time greats. I mean, Canelo is an all-time great. It'll be right? hard to fight Canelo. Yeah. All-time great. Gonna slam him. He's so good. Hard. That's a crazy fight, right, for a guy like Usman to take? That is. That is a crazy but fight. But he's that guy. Yeah. He's that guy that wants that fight. Yeah. He's that guy that's just like a bulletproof mindset champion. That's the thing that like separates him from everybody. You know, Usman's knees are fucked. Both of his knees are fucked. He can't run. He said that sometimes when he walks, he has to walk on the grass because he can't walk on the concrete because it hurts his knees so much. He I, doesn't care. I did not know that. They're fucked. 
but he fights with those fuck knees. Yeah. And he fu- and you would never know never while know. he's fighting. You would it's never a beast. know. It's a beast. And he's just like committed to when he's done, he'll get his knees replaced. And when he's done fighting, and maybe that's four years that's from now. What maybe I'm that's what I am doing. When I'm done doing everything, I'll get things fixed. Michael Bisping did it. Yeah. Talk to Bisping. Both of his knees are artificially, as a, a, they do like a recovery. Like, but it's not my knees, it's my, knees. my shoulder. The doctor said, you know, you you need to have operation. So I said, why? He said, because your, your, your rotary, you're rubbing against it. I said, I feel great. <laughs> I said, I feel great. What did I get a surgery for? I said, this guy trying to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> said, I feel great, man. Yeah. I could see in the, um, in the, in the, when he could make the operation, he could see the little you know, tears, tears. Yeah. MRI. but I let me say good. I'd watch a video of you hitting mitts with Rafael, uh, Rafael Cordero and I would say tell me how you're going to get better shoulder function than this mm. how are you getting that's, that's the whole I reason saw, to I get surgery X-ray. I need surgery but I don't feel it that then don't ignore it <laughs> I'm there, exactly ignore I'm it. no operation yeah I think it's voodoo I think you gotta like keep your mind straight. Just pretend your shoulders oh. don't bother you, because it's like you you can throw punches with perfect precision. What else do you need from your shoulders? Yeah. That's all. If it doesn't hurt, don't fix it. Have, have you decided whether or not you're ever gonna compete again? Are you open to hey, it? I, I was gonna stop, but they started offering some real dough. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wait until the everything's. We talked about it at the beginning of our podcast that we did earlier, but I don't think we really figured, fin- uh, finished it. Like, what did it feel like to get back in there and compete again after all that time? Very scary. Yeah, very apprehensive a little, but I just, I just know what I'm doing. And, 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 but it was apprehensive. It was pretty weird. It went faster than I thought it would go. You know? I was really nervous. But on the fight, I'm always calm in the ring, but, you know, mm-hmm. I was actually nervous. Mm-hmm. When it was over, did you have an immediate thought of, like, I want to do this more? Or did you think, like, why am I doing this? No. Um, this is interesting. The first day I was sparring, the first day of sparring, young guy, bow, bow, oh, shit, bow. And um, I never said once, what the fuck am I doing here? I just... This is what it's about. So I just kept going to fight, but I was getting shellacked. But I just kept going, boom, boom, wow. trying to hit him, boom, boom. Never once I said, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but I got shellacked. Yeah. You know, I got the shit. How long did me. you hit mitts before you started sparring again? I don't know, but we did it for a while, and then we started fight boxing. We started sparring with these young guys, and they started wow. kicking the shit out of me. <laughs> And uh, I hit them with some shots, and they didn't move and stuff, and I had to get back in perspective. I had to really run, train, and yeah. fight. The, you know, the other the guy to kick my ass, and I said, make sure I spar the same guy, because I'm not going to let him get away with kicking my ass. I'm going to do something. I'm going to head bottom. I'm going to do something tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's not going to kick my ass again. I watched that fight live in my office because I didn't want anybody bothering me. I locked the door in my office. And I'm, like, locked in watching it because I was like, I can't believe Mike Tyson is fighting Roy Jones Jr. I can't listen, believe this is really the whole team. So, my friends are going, like, Mike, is your back around? See you moving. Mike, are you sure? You my friends are watching me train. Then, Mike, you playing. You're not going to fight, are you? Then, Mike, I can't believe you're doing this shit. You sure your back is all right because I'm moving? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? I, I was, if someone asked me, do you think Mike Tyson is going to fight again? I said, I don't think so. I think he's done. But then I saw that video. And after I saw that video, I was like, Yeah. All right, so why, not? Yeah. Check, why not? Yeah. Why not? Check this out, right? Um, probably, probably a no two or something like this. 
the tax lady was always calling me saying, My Mr. Tyson, I'm sure you have something to do. I know you're going to fight again, so why don't you just have this fight and pay your bills and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. This is the um, IRS people. I was like, what? Are you serious? And she said, um, just fight. We know you're going to fight again. Just fight again to pay your bills and that'll be... And this lady, this is a lady from the IRS talking to me like this. I said, ma'am, I'm not going to fight again, right? And this lady died eventually and I did fight. Isn't that crazy? She was like, so you're going to fight again, Mike. So, yes, give she us was something. Right. She, she said, was give right. us something. Mike, we know you're going to fight yeah. again. She I knew never it. in a million years thought about fighting. And I said, wow, she must have knew it. It was so interesting, the difference between your demeanor the first time you did the podcast with me and then the second time when you are about to fight. It's like you had completely changed. You were like, you were lit up. Like you had, like you were like pulsing with energy. Like you were in shape. Sometimes I take myself too seriously. You were ready to go, man. You were ready to go. Oh no! And then there was all this talk about you possibly having a match with Lennox Lewis, and there was possibly like Jake Paul. Like there was all these rumors. Like everybody hears that you might do it for a, a giant chunk of money. Hey, Jake Paul, believe it, not, believe it or not, is more profitable than the champs. If I fought the champ, he would. I'm not shocked. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's like, who's going to sell is, the most tickets? Yeah. He, listen, he brings, um, this guy probably brings like um, 80 million people, you know, to the table. Yeah. You know, Jake Paul, being about 87. I mean, 80. how many million people would buy that pay-per-view? I bet that would be a giant Yeah, but him alone, giant, he brings like You 80, and him, yeah. What million. do you need to be like a, for like a Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view? That's the greatest of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the biggest one? Yeah, that's probably the biggest. Right? I think that was the biggest pay-per-view of all time. What did they sell? Like four and a half million pay-per-views? Something like that. Something crazy like that? It was nuts. That might be like right up there. Would you do it, Mike? Oh, my God, Mike. Only to break the record, though. I'm not not breaking the record. (laughs) You might break the record. Number one is Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. 4.6 million buys. Woo! Sheesh. Woo! Jeez. Number two, Floyd Mayweather as well. Number four, Floyd Mayweather. Damn, Floyd. Him. Leave some for other people. Floyd's like that. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao was big, but culturally, you versus Jake Paul, like this young YouTuber, takes on one of the greatest heavyweight champions that's ever lived. I love that. It sounds good. Hey, oh everybody, listen. Are please. you listening to this? <laughs> if he's willing to do it, you know how crazy it is if he's listen, willing I to do Jake it? I saw Jake Paul. I was in St. Bart's. I was in St. Bart's, and I was, I don't know who you, yeah, I was on somebody's boat, and he was there. What did he say to you? Did he say something to you? It's all love. It's all love. love. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a lovely guy. All right, put a picture of me His and brother's great, Bart. too. Logan's Can a really you do nice that, guy. Please? But my point is, that fight would be gigantic. Because oh, first of all, everybody would want to see yeah. what. Let's do it, Jakey. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be cool? A good large percentage would want to see you knock his block off. Oh, that would be like most of the people <laughs> buying. Let's right be honest, Jake, right? You heard that. No disrespect to Jake. No, but no disrespect. This is how he sells things. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's no, a genius. Oh, my God. He so is a genius. He's right? a genius. So smart. And he can fucking fight. You tell, that not, that right hand that he knocked Tyron Woodley out with, that's real. Worry, that's real as fuck. About, I worry about him getting in trouble before the fight happens. He's a little wild. Yeah, I'm telling you, yo, man, you're going to go to jail for real. Yeah, Chill out. He's, he's a little wild. He's going to be wild without going to jail, though. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to jail. I think he's smart. He's just he's super ambitious. That's the thing it. about these guys is, like, he's they're too crazy, disciplined. But yeah. he's, too, he's throwing stuff at people. You know, he, that's... yeah. I mean, the bottles and the he's stuff. been sparring a lot too, right? Yeah, you know, so he's just, he knows. 
he could beat somebody up. <laughs> well, he's also been talking about like that he's suffering some of the effects of sparring a lot and fights. Mm. He's kind of talking openly about that, right. but he likes it, and he's fucking good, man. You can't wow. deny after look. If he was just a boxer and he didn't have this YouTube past, mm -hmm. and he fought Tyrod Woodley, who's mm -hmm. the, one of the greatest UFC welterweight champions of all time, and KO'd him with one punch, people would be like, "Oh shit, yeah. well, this guy's Tyron, for real." Tyrone's yeah. not a boxer. This guy's a boxer. Right, but though. if Tyron Woodley went over to boxing like Anderson Silva beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he, he beat him by decision. <laughs> Oh, don't. Please, not in Let's not front of me. Let's look at that fight. Anderson Silva was a beast. He's very competitive, I think. Yeah. That's crazy. He beat him. <laughs> yeah, no, he beat him by not, decision. He's nuts. But the point guy. is, like, if Tyron Woodley decided to just go into boxing, mm -hmm. people would be very excited just about watching one of the great UFC welterweights of all time, one of the greatest champions of all time. Yeah. To watch him go and box would be interesting. And if you saw a guy who was an up-and-coming prospect who Tyron Woodley boxed and flatlined him with one punch, you would go, holy shit. That was a real punch, This guy's though. a bad motherfucker. So that's what's interesting. Uh, you don't this think is it was, Anderson well, you don't, versus Julio really Cesar. You don't, you don't think it was a real punch, Mike? Huh? Yeah, it was a real punch. Oh, the one he knocked out Tyron Woodley? That was yeah, a very real yeah. punch. But the point is, if he was just a regular contender oh, no and he did that to Tyron Woodley, everybody would be, Everyone freaking, would be out freaking out and yeah. go, this kid is something special. No facts. And it's just because the fact, it's like a weapon that they use that they're YouTube kids. Because, like, you don't take it seriously. You're like, this oh, there's just crazy. these guys I'm watching yeah. these two guys fight. I think it's honestly pretty, uh, honestly, motivating. To, it like, is see, motivating. To see guys, like, in different avenues do what they want, their passion, and, yeah. and hit it head first and do it right. Anderson fought very smart against Chavez Jr. He outboxed him. And then not he, the style, it's the morale behind the style. He wants to win. He has enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, he, he always had a hand-heavy style in MMA. He always had very accurate hands. Like, his first fight with Chris Lieben, a lot of the combinations that he landed on Lieben when he fought in the UFC were with his hands. He Super hurt his accurate leg with punches. Lieben, didn't he no, he hurt his leg, leg with Weidman. Weidman he yeah, threw a Weidman. kick and snapped and his snapped shin. The leg, that yeah. was fucked. That was fucked. Uh, but uh, in his first fight with Lieben, it was like a lot of it was just like sliding just out of range of Lieben's punches and cracking him with counters. Now, this so is crazy looking at him box brilliant like boxing. This. Well, it makes me think if he was he younger. He looked like he was the boxer and this guy was the uh, exactly. MMA fighter. Because he was a stand-up fighter. Yeah. You know, like, Anderson was a Muay Thai fighter. That was I, his whole thing. No, but this guy's an athlete, though. Mm -hmm. Anderson's yes. an athlete. Yes. He's a special fighter. Um, and during Tavis, his prime. Tavis is not an athlete. This guy is an athlete. Yes. And during his prime, he was one of the greatest of all time. To Anderson Silva during his prime, there was like a few years when Anderson Silva he was just a everybody. wizard. I mean, he beat everybody. He was a wizard. For that one year, he beat yeah. all the great contenders. And he was champion. a wizard. Everybody was terrified of getting caught up in his spell yeah. because he would just light people. When he front kicked Vitor in the face and oh, was him, boom, yeah, like, yeah. holy shit. You know, and that, I mean, that's what Anderson did. He but found listen, a way to do things like Anderson that. Anderson was um, Asante. He was the guy, um, who's the champ now? Adesanya. 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 Yeah. He was Adesanya when he was his, when he was a chair. Well, Israel yeah. had a deep respect for him. When the two yeah. fought, it was a, it was a wild fight to watch because you know like that was a guy that Israel has a deep respect I for. I know because he a, fights a striker. like him. He fights like him. Similar, similar. Adesanya is even slicker. Yeah. Adesanya is like one of the best kickboxers that's uh, ever fought in MMA. So quick, man. But he's all, he's also like super technical. Yeah. Like it's not just like Adesanya competed at a world class level in kickboxing. That's the difference between, like, Anderson never really competed. Anderson was one of the greatest fighters that's ever walked the face of the planet, no doubt. But he doesn't have a long history of 
competing against elite kickboxers and winning, mm -hmm. whereas Adesanya did. Mm -hmm. Like a lot, Adesanya had some great fights against world-class kickboxers, like Jason Wellness, he fought for the title. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought he should have won the decision. And he also fought that guy Pereira, who is a, a top champion or a top contender now at 185 yeah. pounds. Yeah. And that was his nemesis. That guy beat him twice. But there's that's a, there's a level of like elite striker that Adesanya was that like just in straight kickboxing, that's very rare. Who's the greatest fighter you ever saw? I mean, your opinion, your opinion only. It's hard to say, but it might have been Mighty Mouse. Because mm. when Mighty Mouse was in his prime, he was so magnificent. Mm -hmm. He was so fast, and he was doing things that you couldn't, you couldn't believe how he could do. He hit a dude with a suplex and caught him with an arm bar on the <laughs> way down. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating What? this. He, he body dumped this guy and in the process of taking him to the ground, mm -hmm. got him in an armbar. Look up Mighty Mouse versus Ray Borg armbar. So he hoists this dude in the air and in the transition between him being in the air and on the ground, Mighty Mouse hits, Mighty Mouse hits an armbar. Like that's freak of nature type shit. Like yeah. the, the, the level of skill and technique you have to have, this is it. The yeah. level of skill and technique that you have to have to be able to hit this on a world-class fighter in a world championship fight. Look at this. Bam. Whoa. Bam. Catches it on the way down in a world title fight and catches him in an arm bar. Well, that's different. And that's, taps him. He taps too. everybody. That's athletic, too. <laughs> Bro. Bro. Who's that white boy from He's, he's going to break his fucking Eklund. arm. You know who Eklund? What's that guy Eklund name? <sighs> he took it out? Uh, yeah, I'm always worried that dudes are going to get their arms broken. I, I've seen so many guys get their arm snapped now because they won't tap. But this was just genius That's shit. Insane. When he was in his prime, he was almost, he was fighting world caliber mm -hmm. competition and they weren't even hitting him. He was moving on angles that they didn't expect. He was feinting them and shooting for takedowns. He was kicking them in the head when they thought he was going <laughs> to throw takedowns. He was just hitting people with like wizard shit. Yeah. And he was doing it for a couple of years. He was just doing it at 125 pounds. And for whatever reason, that division just never got the kind of hype. And if he was 185 pounds mm -hmm. and he was at the level that he was when he was 125, he would have been, been a giant superstar. Yeah. He was that good. Everybody was like, he's the GOAT. You would watch him fight and you would go, Jesus Christ, he's good. Yeah. He, he beat Henry Cejudo, stopped him in the first round of their he fight Henry. when Henry was running over yeah. everybody. He beat, Henry. Oh, he beat him in the first it. round. He stopped him in the first round when he was the body. Andy, what do you think about this guy? Dude, he grabbed me once. <laughs> We were playing around. Um, I, I, uh, I, I went up to him uh, backstage at the UFC. I gave Henry him a hug. Henry's a bad motherfucker. Henry's dude. a bad motherfucker. I, but Mighty Mouse, I, I gave Mighty Mouse a hug and just playing. He hit me with two knees. I like, just touched my body. Didn't hurt me, but touched me so fast that it was, like, it was unsettling. So it was what, unsettling. What, what, didn't feel right I go, what's soul? up? I give him a hug. He goes, hey, pop, pop. And it just does like, he, just, he plays with you. He's like, uh, touches you. What does he do now? What's happening now? Well, he's fighting for one FC, and he just beat this dude named Rod Tang. Rod Tang is a, a high-level Muay Thai fighter, multiple-time champion, who is also, um, like, he's got more than 100 professional fights in Muay Thai. And uh, he's fighting over in 1FC in their Muay Thai division. And they had a, a, a mixed fight where the first round's Muay Thai, the second round is MMA. Okay. And so he got through the first round against Rod Tang and then submitted him in the second round, took his back Listen, and strangled um, him and put him to sleep. Some people, it's no matter a how wild big fight. Are, some people are born to fight. Don't give the 100 pound, 10 pound. Woo! They're just born to do this shit. But it's, what, it's also like the balls to take a match like this. Because the first round, he has to fight Rod Tang style. And Rod Tang is top of the food chain Muay Thai. 
And when you're a specialist in anything, like especially a specialist in striking, your, your advantage over someone else when you know there's no takedowns is gigantic. So this guy's kicking his legs out from under him. He's smashing him. Every time he moves close to him, he's trying to light him up. Here he is. You see him just lighting him up with elbows and knees. And Mighty Mouse in a real-world situation would just take this guy down. But he can't in this whole round. So he has to fight the whole round with just Muay Thai until the second round when this is where you see it. He gets his back and he just chokes him completely unconscious. And Rod Tang's arms <laughs> go limp. But the dude's a warrior. He yeah. never tapped. He just went out. Badass. So that's where Mighty Mouse is. I think if I have to j judge, it's like he's at the top of my list of the greatest of all time. But there's so many greatest of all times. It's like the greatest I, boxer. I saw this guy, Derek Eckler, Eric something from... Um, and Harlan, he's a monster. A little way, he died of cancer. What? He died of cancer? Name Eklund something. Meanest guy mm. ever. So he's a little skinny white boy. He's a mean. Was evil. he a, a kickbox? Ramon Deckers? Is that who you're thinking of? I Ramon think Deckers died of a heart attack, I believe. He was a young guy when he died? Yes, he was pretty young. Yeah, he, he was a multiple time champion. And Ramon Deckers was just ferocious. You watch Ramon Decker's highlight reel. Holy fuck. Look, that's what I was telling this you. This dude, Ramon Decker's had to get his ankles fused because he shattered his ankles so many times. Uh -huh. From kicking Holland, into right? people's From knees. Yeah. yeah, kicking into people's knees, kicking into people's elbows. He shattered all of his shit. So when he fought, he had to get his stuff. He was he got to get his ankle fused and then he would have to tape the fuck out of it. And he, fight. Fight. and he kept fighting. And he kept fighting. And they told him, him, look, if you keep kicking with this leg, you could lose it. And he'd get in a fight. Fuck you. Wham. <laughs> he was an animal, dude. Yeah. Ramon Deckers is like is the that legendary. That's his name. A small guy, right? Yes, that's him. That's him. That's the greatest fighter in my Diamond. Opinion. That's wow. the greatest fighter. He was a guy who went over to Thailand when no he European was doing that's that. It was just fucking right everybody that's up. That's the greatest fighter. That's, that's my favorite fighter. He of all was time. so ferocious. Ooh, like, universally loved amongst Ooh. kickboxers. Like, he's 100% respected as Look one of the greatest of all time. Though. Look how mean. Not I only that, it. but here's the thing about Ramon Deckers he was their size. Like, a lot of guys went over to Thailand, but mm -hmm. Thai fighters aren't as big physically as yeah. a lot of these, especially the Dutch guys are really big guys. Yeah. So he was a small guy their size fucking everybody up. Mm. Ramon Deckers was a savage, man. Mm. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Savage. Fighter. He was, oh my God, so he's like, such you know, a the, the wild fight to watch. Yeah, that's my favorite right here. I mean, and this is when it was just all glory, right? Listen, this wasn't, no you weren't getting famous listen, doing this. He had the, the um, characteristics of a savage. Very humble, shy, yeah. kind. Yeah. And then he, then Universally he had, loved. Yeah. Universally loved by fighters because he brought it every fight. Every fight was just wild chaos. <sighs> no, but chaos. he fought some mean dude. He fought oh, some badasses. Yes. He fought some guys you got to beat them with baseball bats. <laughs> he fought some animals, man. You can, a, a young fighter who wants to learn kickboxing, you could do no better than to emulate this Ooh, style. This guy's a monster. Oh, he's an animal. He was a Look fucking straight up man. He's a monster. Yeah. Ramon Deckers is one of the all-time greats. That was that across the top <laughs> leg kick. That's a nasty look leg kick. Look at this stuff, He's man. Wired He's wired look at this. Look and this again, this is when you're not talking about something that you got millions of dollars on the line. Yeah, These aren't my, guys who are fighting for like Floyd Mayweather. I can't yeah. listen. We just loved it. This is yeah. my favorite. Loved this it. martial arts guy right here. You it's, think that part of the world is filled with hard people, man. Mean, yeah. tough fighting. Yeah. Holland has some hard fighters. There's so many elite kickboxers came out of Holland. And a lot of them out of a karate background. Yeah. A lot of them had karate background, Holland's, a lot of kyokushin. Holland always had great fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tough Turn fucking of the people. Century. You, you think Connor's going to come back? 
I hope so, because he's fun. You know, I hope he comes back. But I think, honestly, like when boxers come back from a long layoff and they come back from a loss, one thing that boxers do that's smart is they have a tune-up yeah, fight. Tune -up fight. I think tune-up fight, I think there's a reason why they've been using tune-up fights forever, like astute managers. They know you got to knock the dust off and you'll be better in the next performance. Yeah. To jump right into a Dustin Poirier or right into, uh, you know, name it, Michael Chandler, like right into a guy who's like at the elite of the elite. I think, you know, like, I, I think what Connor needs to do is what Connor wants to do. If, he, if Connor thinks he can go up and fight Usman, you know, and, and, and make a big payday and try to become a three division champion, he, he should do that. He should do whatever he wants to do. But if I was like a manager to him and I said, what's the best path to success? The best path to success is like the cowboy fight. No disrespect to cowboy, but that fight turned out to be kind of like a, a warm up fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, Connor's a, you know, he's a ferocious striker, and he took Cowboy out in the first round. That doesn't mean that... Cowboy's like, exciting, though. Cowboy's very exciting, but that's why that fight was a great fight, because Cowboy didn't run from him. We met him head-on, and got caught. But if Connor wants the most chance of success, I would say fight a guy who is a, a little below championship level, maybe a guy on the come-up who, like, Connor has an advantage over, but it's still a competitive fight. Give him a test but don't put him in there like, right away with Usman. And especially, like, who knows what's going on with his leg. But if you're a guy who just wants to make the most amount of money, the most amount of money is fighting Usman. Usman. And that's the most amount of challenge. Yeah. That's probably the most amount of fear he's going to face. Go, but if you're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's get a tune-up. If he's going to fight Usman, right. yeah, yeah, that's a scary-ass fight. If you've you got to be win. ready if for that scary-ass fight. If you're fighting to win, yeah. let's get a tune-up. Yeah. That is the guy that nobody called out. When Usman was the contender, and he was making his way through the ranks, Everybody, shut the fuck up. <laughs> there was nobody calling for that guy. I mean, nobody. Yeah. And me, I, I would talk about it with DC once. I go, you know who, who nobody calls for? Nobody calls for Usman. Nigerian nightmare. He's like, fuck that. They don't want none of that. They don't want none of that. He was just steamrolling people. Yeah. And it was the way he was doing it. Like, they didn't have a chance. Everybody was getting mauled. There was no close fights. It was just maulings. It was just a series of maulings. And, uh, and it was that's just the point like, of um, Covington? Yeah. Well, once he knocked out Masvidal with one punch, that's when everybody's like, oh, Jesus. Like, now he's, he's better in his striking. It's like his striking has reached, like, a super elite level, I didn't level think he was, too, he was so much bigger than... Um, than Colby? No, Masvidal. Than Masvidal? Yeah, he's bigger. He's bigger than everybody. Well, Masvidal used to fight at 55. Usman's never making 55. He's the perfect size to make 170. He can get down to 170, and then he gets he rehydrates uh, back up to probably, if I had to guess, he's probably in the high 90s. Mm. You know, Who should he right fight? There. Who should he fight? He should fight anybody. I, I would like to see him fight Canelo. I really mm. would. Not because I think that he's a favorite in a boxing match against one of the greatest boxers of all time, but I want to see him get a giant payday. The same way I would like to see Ngannou fight Tyson Fury. That's a way you can make a shitload of money, and I don't think it damages his potential as a, a UFC fighter. I think it would be invaluable experience for him as a champion if he, he did have that fight and then came back over to MMA. I think it'd probably be even better as a striker if he I gets think, through um, it relatively undamaged, even if he loses. And he's one of those they, guys. He like they, he's gonna feel some pain. He's gonna feel some pain. It's not the it's not the same sport, but he's a dude that he knows how to win. Like I told you about his knees. His you have to understand this guy's mindset. His knees are destroyed. He had like that micro smash where they smash it to try to resurface oh. it. It didn't work. It made it worse. Like his knees are fucked. 
but he doesn't care. Like, he just doesn't run, but he never runs out of cardio. Like, everything he does is just drive. It's all plyometrics and all the strength and conditioning shit he does in the gym. He's doing it with fucked up knees. All the wrestling drills he's know doing what with I learned fucked about up you. knees. Know what, um, the biggest lesson I learned in fighting? What? That um, it's not a tough man sport, it's a thinking man sport, and that a tough man's gonna get really hurt in this, in this sport. Mm. It's true. You, you have guy, to be smart. It's gonna get really hurt in this game. He's gonna get really hurt. A tough guy, the guy that's everybody yeah, yeah. scared. He's gonna get hurt in this boxing game because this is all about thinking. Yeah, but you, you have be to be. Th- yeah, you have to be tough, but you also have to not ever want to prove that you're tough. Exactly. You gotta be just proving you're skillful. Exactly. You know, and always fight the best it way. It never turns out right. I don't care yeah. how much you love this guy. The guy takes a lot of punches. He don't turn out right. It never turns out right. It never turns out right, and it's sad when it becomes like their calling cards that they get in wars, and then the fans want wars. Then they get sick, might commit suicide, some stuff. So like, there's a like lot of affected. people that love the trilogy between Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti, right? I mean, they're amazing fights. Yeah. But not good for you. But it's right? chemistry. Right? You know? Not good for you. Those are not good. Those are not good for you. Like, those are the kind of fights that they stay with you for a long those fight, time. Those guys, it's just chemistry. They can never have oh an easy God. fight. Mm-hmm. If they're 100 years old, their fights will be but death-defying. But Gotti switch it up on one of the fights? I, I think it was the last fight. Him, right? And boxed him. See, that was where you got to see the difference between Floyd Mayweather and everybody else. When Floyd Mayweather fought Gotti, mm-hmm. and you go like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Demons you know, it's impeccable. There's levels. <laughs> There's levels. levels. That's one of the most God, amazing things about fighting. Couldn't him to the body. Couldn't him to the body. Moved his body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. So so skillful. Couldn't even hit him to the body even. You know, some of the great fights take your punch. Yeah. Joe, I'm just curious because you interview so many amazing people. Who are some people that have actually surprised you when you did interview them? Like your perception of them, of them actually changed because you interviewed them. Like who are some of your favorites and why? Um, well, Elon Musk is one of them. Elon Musk is a really nice guy. He's like a genuinely nice guy who's trying to do the right thing. Or at he least, hangs out with some friends of mine. They say they want, they want me to meet this guy. They always hang I would out love with to him. introduce you to him. Really? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. I think you would enjoy his company. He's a really nice guy. He's a cancer, too. Very I'm unassuming. A cancer. He's a cancer. He's very unassuming. Mm-hmm. Like, for the smartest fucking guy in the world, yeah. he's, like, really easy to talk to. And he's interesting to talk to because, like, he's got solutions for shit. Yeah. And he's trying to do them. Like, he's trying to implement solutions for electric cars and tunnels under cities yeah. to alleviate traffic and putting people on Mars and all this wild shit. And you're like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, we're kind of lucky to have a dude like that al- around yeah. who's got all these w- wild ideas about you know, how to Tes- fix things. When Tesla died, you know, the government went and took all his... Yeah. Writings and I all I just designs. watched a documentary oh. last week oh, really? about Tesla. Oh, yeah, but that's what happened. Yeah. I'm trying to be the guy that knows everything. They took, they it took was all, amazing. They took all the what? Yeah, you know, no, um, Tesla had a, a gadget that was, it was a gadget to use the weather as a war machine. What? Yeah, he had a lot of wild ideas. You know, Tesla was responsible for a lot Imagine having the rain for 50 nights, you know, 50 nights in this state right here. Yeah, you could, like, literally drown people out. <laughs> Tesla had some wild, wild ideas, man. Yeah. And a lot of them came to fruition, like alternating current. That was his idea. 
His idea was like, you know, the ACDC and like all, it used to be just direct current. It'd be one level of electricity that went through every device. And it always overbaked yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he developed alternate yeah, current. Yeah, he overbaked oh, and stuff. Yeah, he he was a genius, but he was a, like a legit crazy person. There's a there's a documentary about him and on listen, Amazon Prime I, right now. Just what a I tell, genius, listen, man. I tell everybody this. Everybody wants to be a friend of a genius, but nobody wants to live yes, with one. Yes, we're saying that today. Yeah, nobody wants You're to so live right. with one. You don't want to live with one of those fucking people. Mm-hmm. They're probably tortured all the talking to himself all the time oh man I could have did this oh man why didn't I do that yesterday why didn't you help me baby you couldn't help me <laughs> is, it, is it Elon buying thinking about buying Twitter for like I hope 40, he, I hope 43 billion what do you think about something it? crazy I hope he buys Twitter because yeah. he's committed to the idea of free speech mm. we can't have people dictating what people can and can't no, talk that's about not, that's not, that's it's not, not healthy that's not a realistic world yeah. They they did some things where they do, they wouldn't allow people to get links to certain news stories they thought would be unfavorable towards particular candidates. Like that shit's dangerous. Like you're controlling elections in that but way. Still, but still, they're talking you know? about uh, Bo Biden hanging out with um, Whitey Bulger's yeah. nephew. His nephew. Like who cares? Who gives a damn? Who gives a shit? We're happy that Whitey Bulger has somebody that's legit in his family. Okay. Yeah. Hunter, I want to hang out with Hunter. Yeah, I think that. No, it's Hunter. I yeah, I've Bo, never done coke, me. but I'll excuse do it with me. him. Hunter, the offer stands. <laughs> I just want to hang out with you. I just want to be like this. Yo, yo, tell me about this, Hunter. Hey, tell yeah. me, what about this? I would just... Hey, what about this, Hunter? What do you about to think about this, I would, bro? I would tell him to just stand up. Bro, you should be on stand up. You're fucked up. You should be one of us. Come hang I out with us. Right my in. friend had um, FaceTimed me and had him on the other lot. I was so excited. I said, yeah, what you doing, <laughs> man? Have you seen his artwork? He sells his artwork for, like, fucking huge amounts of money. Hunter Biden has like famous artwork. Like people buy it in galleries. Hunter's like, the man. I don't know, ironically, care. they want to have like a Hunter Biden painting in the house, probably. You have worth one? a lot of money. No, I should get one. Oh, I need to get man. one. Now I'm gonna get one. Hunter, if you're out there, be, I'll do be, coke and I'll buy a painting. Similar, you hear, oh. I know you heard that, Hunter. <laughs> I'm not I really won't do coke. coke. I'll watch if my you. kids watch this, I'm not really doing coke. <laughs> I'll watch you catch a heart attack, but I'm not gonna indulge. Yeah, I don't want to do coke. That's I'm the one thing I've never fucked with. You did? No. Oh, man, you might as well do it with Hunter then. That's what I'm saying. It'll be the time. I'm 54. When I was in high school, my good friend of mine, his cousin, was selling coke, and they sold coke, and him and his girlfriend just huddled up in a fucking attic apartment, and they never came out, and they lost weight, and they looked like vampires, and all they did was do coke and watch TV and sell coke, and I was like, fuck this. It was literally like a f- watching a friend who got bit by a vampire. That shit puts holes in your brain. <laughs> Whatever it did to him, it became they became Madden, addicted you, to coke, Madden, and that's you all had they did. had a cocaine did. crew, and all of them died but you. Right, right. Well, today with fentanyl, that's happening a lot. You know, there's a lot of people dying where they get some shit that's laced. It's scary stuff now. Scary, and it's all scary because it's illegal. If it was legal, it would all be it would all be regulated. You would have like certified purity standards for all these different things that people are taking anyway. And especially when you get to a certain age, like if you're a 42 year old man, who the fuck is supposed to tell you you can't try heroin? Says who? Says who, another 42-year-old man? You can't handle it, Mike. Like, fuck you. Like, you're a grown man. Maybe maybe you're wrong. Maybe I try it and I only like do it once and it makes me feel good and I want to go read poetry and hang out and roll around in flowers. Maybe you're wrong. Like, how do we know? We don't know because they tell us it's illegal. And as long as things stay illegal, then people are going to make cut versions where you're going to buy whatever you're trying to buy, whether it's you're trying to buy Coke or whatever, and there's going to be fentanyl in it, and you're going to die. And it happens all the time now. I used to do fentanyl when I was younger. Before I became famous, I used to put the patch on my feet so no one could see it. Oh, really? For when it hurt? No, it kills pain. 
Oh, and, but it, but it's heroin. Once I, you know, it takes it. Once oh. I take it off, but didn't start, it slow I, you down? No, no. Once I took it off, I thought vomit. Yeah, just like heroin. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. You know what doesn't slow you down is weed, right? Not at all. Isn't that a thing, and Mike, shrooms. that people think, like, how is Mike Tyson smoking weed and, and moving so quick? Now, shrooms, too. Don't forget shrooms. <laughs> speaking, speaking of marijuana, which I don't do, just put that out there for the NFL. Good for you. Good for <laughs> um, you. This episode's based off of 420. Can we talk about some of your experiences with weed and why do you think it honestly should be integrated maybe in sports and, and just legalized, honestly? Well, first legalized. of all, for creativity. It has a great benefit for people for creativity. And one of the things about martial arts, boxing, any kind of fighting sport, is a lot of it is technique and implementation of technique. And sometimes it's about creativity. Sometimes it's about setting things up. Roberto Duran used to do this thing where he would fake a jab, fake a right hand, and then step in and hit you with a long jab. And he went, bah, bah, bang! And he did it a few times. I remember yeah, watching that combination. Like, that is a slick fucking combination yeah. because he's eliciting two feints. There's a feint with the first jab, there's a feint with the right hand, and then a long straight left hand. So he's popping you with the jab, but it's like a step in jab. I remember watching him going, that is so creative. That's a creative move. Mm -hmm. Like but he's learning technique, but it's also listen, recognizing. He's making the move. Yes. He, don't, he keeps his hair long. He uses yes. his hair to flash into people's face. Right, right. And he looks like a demon, Like a too. bullfighter. <laughs> when when Duran had that jet black hair. And his he looked, he looked like Charles Manson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe Frazier called him Charles Manson. <laughs> Charles Manson. He was so scary when he was the champ, when he was the lightweight champ. And lightweight, right? Ooh. The Ken Buchanan days. You gotta watch those old school I remember, Roberto Duran videos. I remember 1980 when he went up in welterweight to fight Sugar Ray Leonard with the biggest thing in the world. Mm, it was and, huge. Yeah, in Montreal. And when he, he goaded Leonard into a fucking slugfest. He goaded Leonard into trying to fight his kind of fight. And to, to go mano a mano, to to you know, like to show emotion. <laughs> feel Charles Math, he looked like Roberto Duran. <laughs> 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 Let's put Roberto bit. Duran in it. Look at highlights of Roberto Duran. Yeah, go Re Roberto Duran lightweight. Because those are the best years. It's not that just the, just he did the, some like, great, the welterweight like, fight he did with Leonard was amazing. Oh, yeah. Carlos Palomino. Benitez, right? Oh, Benitez oh, is my the God. master, though. Yeah. But when he was a, I mean, he was literally a natural well, look lightweight. At, look, this is a great one. The Japanese Woo! guy. Wow. That guy, Bro. That was a... Ooh, oh, ooh, he was so ferocious! Crazy. Look at ooh. oh my god, this is this that's is him crime, crazy. relentless. Oh my goodness! Well, that's his oh, crime. that's welterweight. Yeah, that's when he beat Davey Moore. Yes, I was there that night. I was 16, 17. He was one of the people that I met that it was a lot like meeting you. It was like, oh shit, that's Roberto Turan for real. You know, it just doesn't seem real. Like you're really in his presence. Yeah. Listen, right? Um, I was fighting some. I was fighting Michael Spinks, right? Oh, that's what yeah, he's that's him against Ken Buchanan wow. right there. Look at him, man. And he was so fast, Ooh, oh. and his fucking pace, the pace he put on guys. Oh, he said next. He said I'm out of shape. Next time I fight this guy, I send him <laughs> to the morgue instead of the hospital. Oh, Ooh. he was ferocious. He was evil talking. Look at all against the Hazels. Have you ever tried mm. the toad at all, Joe? Yes. I've had uh, synthetic 5-methoxy-DMT, yeah, 5-MeO-DMT, which is basically what that stuff is, yeah. It's like, I, I mean, from what I understand, that's what the, the DMT from the frog is, right, the toad. Yeah. You scrape it off, they, they would put it on, they would initially like milk it on glass, right, and they would dry it out in the sun and then scrape it and smoke it. So I've had the synthetic version of that a couple of times, like three or four times. I want the lizard tail now and the white <sighs> cobra. 
The lizard tail? And white Have you had it? Have you had the toad? Nothing? No, nothing? No, no, no. What, I'm a cold-hearted... Um, what, what's the lizard tail? What's that? Some new thing. It's opiates. Like, you, sm- you literally Ooh, look at him right there. Look at that side. Tail. Whoa. Yeah, look at him. Look at him go. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. He was so ferocious, oh, man. Boom. So boom, ferocious. Duran in the lightweight era was Ooh. just something special. <laughs> Hands of stones, baby. Oh, my baby. goodness. So ferocious. Boom. You know, one of the things about your rise to, to the top, Mike, that was really interesting was how much you talked about film of old fighters. That's all like I did Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, Harry watching. Greb. Yeah. If you want to be the best, you have to watch the best. Mm. That was such an amazing resource to have those films, yeah. to watch those old guys fight, and to like be able to break them down and you know, play it back and well, see moves. The game. I watched them all day, a couple of times all day. Because when I was getting ready to fight a fight, I'm going to fight like this guy today. Kids <laughs> have that today. Like, they have that with YouTube. It's an amazing advantage. Like, you can go on YouTube and you watch... Uh, I bet they have a Stanley Ketchell. See if there's a Stanley Actually, no, Ketchell fight Ketchel on against YouTube. Jack Johnson. Yeah, Jack Johnson, they Ooh, definitely have Jack Johnson. this is the fight right here, baby. Woo! Bill Cannon's a bad mother. He was a bad motherfucker. He was kicking Duran's ass, too. Duran went low a couple times, didn't yeah, he? he? did. Yeah, yeah he, he did. was a badass. He, he went low. Duran was an he animal. He was kicking Duran's ass. Duran hit him low. Duran was a fucking animal. Well, look at this. Look at this. It's look at color this. now. Stanley Ketchum was the middleweight champion, and he fought Jack Johnson, who was the heavyweight champion. And he just knocked out the light heavyweight champion yeah. before this fight. And he dropped Jack Johnson with a punch, and Jack Johnson got very upset. Look at this shit. And he, this said, and he decided this to beat crazy. the fuck out of him. Look at the 1909. Look how they Isn't fight. that crazy? Look at the trunks. Just put on some big underwear or something. That's back when <laughs> dudes all had to wear hats. Everybody wore yeah, a hat. Look how they dressed back then. Yeah, all those dudes had hats on. Look at all those dudes. <laughs> it's crazy. They all had those, like, kind of dress-up hats. Because, listen, um, the car got, became real famous in 1915, so people started to go travel to fights. Mm-hmm. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Like with Jack Johnson, everybody wanted him to lose, so the whole world, the whole country would go travel to see him lose. We uh, were playing the Jim, Je- the uh, James Jeffries fight. Yeah, that was a good one. And we there's a there's like a documentary on YouTube that shows the lead up to the James Jeffries oh, fight because Jeffries was like 300 plus pounds. Also, that way playing handball. And yep. Stuff. And so they had to get him in shape, and it took like six months. He See, was listen, fat and know just it, drinking. No, what you never could the um, the, the narrator could never explain how great Jim Jeffrey was until yes. Jack Johnson came. He was undefeated. Right. Yeah, he was a bad man. He was like a human bear. Yeah, yeah he was a bad man. And it was a good fight. It would have yeah. been interesting to see him fight Jack Johnson when he was younger, before he retired. Listen, he was a better fighter. When he fought Jack Johnson, then when he can, he probably could have gotten better shipping four guys before Johnson. But before, when he first started fighting, like the 1990s, 1890s, his hand was down. But um, 19 years went by, he had the hands came up. Really? Style changed. So he learned. He learned for this Kid McCoy, a guy named Kid McCoy. What's the Kid McCoy? No, um, Tommy Ryan. Ah. It was the welterweight middleweight champ, Tommy Ryan. And he taught him to put his hands up. Tommy Ryan was the most respected fighter back in the 1900s. You know that Stanley Ketchell video that we were just watching mm-hmm. when Stanley Ketchell fought Jack Johnson? What's crazy is, like, Stanley Ketchell was a murderous puncher, yes. and he looked like a regular guy. Like, he was one of those weird murderous listen, punchers. But listen, he was a gangster. You know who he used to hang out with? He used to hang out with, um, the, not the James brothers, but the Dalton brothers. Mm. Oh, really? He was a gangster. And that's how he got killed, because he molested somebody's girlfriend, and the guy blew his oh. brains off. Like, look, he's not like a big old muscular no, guy. No, but listen, let me tell you something. Both of these guys is equally disliked in this country. Both mm. of them. Both of them? 
He was a scary guy to scan the catcher. He don't care. He'll do whatever. He, he was just wild. Yeah. If he saw your wife, he'd grab your wife. He Ooh. didn't care. He was just fearless. That makes sense. That makes feeling. sense that he was that. I mean, that's a hard time. I mean, what time? Were you, what year was this when he's this was a, going he's, down? He's from Poland. He won the title at 19. 19. What well, year is this? It's 1909. 1909. So think about this. That's a hard time. 1909 is like this. 1909, and wearing gloves, you're a bitch because this is just leaving bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. last bare knuckle fight was what? Um, 1890 what? 91, 92. So who was the last bare knuckle champion? Was it John O'Sullivan? John O'Sullivan. He was the last one? Yeah. Wow. What do you think 19, about that bare knuckle boxing thing they're doing now? Huh? What do you think about that bare knuckle boxing I think thing they're it's, doing now? It's, it's useless because it won't last long because your hands will break all the time. Yeah. Um, you got to keep your hands wrapped in tape because if you fight without tape, it's going to break. That's why they stopped bare knuckle because... The rounds, the rounds ended when you when you fit, when you dropped. If you got dropped, that was the end of a round. So that's why you see a guy, he went 50 rounds because he got dropped 50 times or something. Mm. You know, but that was the end of the round in bare knuckle fighting. Until the Marcus of Queensbury, mm. he made three minutes, one minute rest and stuff. They're doing this weird thing now where they have uh, they have a kind of halfway glove. It's like a glove that goes over your hand, it. but your knuckles are exposed, and it looks like it, it wraps your wrist tight. Have you seen it? That's yes. like what they're yes. doing. They're calling it bare knuckle, but it's not just this. It it's can like because all, it looks very knuckle, hard. If the knuckle hit, the knuckle would go back into the bone, especially the two mm -hmm. um, smaller knuckles. That so don't do you have think they support. can prevent some of that by some kind of the punch has to be directed? Right. You know what I mean? But even during direct, it's gonna break. It's not meant to hit bone. The bone is not meant to hit bone. That's gonna be very short careers. Yeah, it's short careers. It seems like bare people that are. It sounds savage, and it is, but and. If it lasts more than three rounds, these guys take pain, immense amount of pain. Yeah. Paulie Malignaggi fought uh, Artem uh, Lobov, right? And bare knuckle? Yeah, he fought him wow. in bare knuckle. He would do the Paul got too much balls, too. <laughs> 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 Listen, you'd be surprised how many fighters have more balls than brains. You yeah. know? They're fearless, have the balls. They're not fearless, but they've got the balls to do it. Just gladiators. Yeah. But he's always, he just, um, this 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 fighting game, you can't be a tough guy. You're not you're gonna get humbled being a tough guy in this box. You gotta be scientific. Mm. Yeah, there's always gonna be someone like you, but has thought it through better. Yeah. And I think now with like the level of athletes, everybody has access to all that footage that we were talking about. Like exactly. you could go on and watch Julian Jackson fights. You can go on and you could watch Marvin Hagler in his prime when he fought like Mustafa Hamshow and James and John the Beast Mugabe. Woo! Those fights. John the Beast Mugabe was murdering everybody. And Marvin Hagler took everything beat from him. Beat the shit out of him. Took everything from him. Beat the shit everybody out of him. Everybody was scared of the beast, yeah. right? Everybody was scared of the beast except Marvin. Marvin only got knocked <coughs> down one time in his career, and it's an illegitimate knockdown. Who Juan, Juan Roldan. Roldan. Roldan was so, he knocked him down by accident. He was so scared of Marvin, man. <laughs> knocked him down. He was scared. Well, it seemed like more of a slip. It was like he pushed him down. Roldan was so scared, boy. Yeah, well. It was good reason. Marvin back in that day was, he was the best, and he was switch hitting. He was he was southpaw, and he was orthodox. He'd go back and forth yeah. like the way Terence Crawford does it now. Like he's one of the only guys that could really do it at an elite level, like um, amongst like top flight boxers of today. Marvin was just too mean. He was oh, he was so nice mean. to people. He was mean <laughs> to the fighters. Good to the family. He's a tough guy. He's tough. Fucking guy. Tough he's fucking from Newark, guy. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was from Newark, too. Guy. And then moved to Brockton. 
Yeah. Yeah, he was a monster. When he was in his prime, he was a monster. Like people, he would wear that hat that said war on it. <laughs> he would train down at Cape Cod in July in uh in rather January. Uh -huh. So it'd be in the Ooh, middle him of the and beach. For it for all oh time my great. goodness. That fucking first round was so crazy. When you watch that first round between Hearns and Hagler, you couldn't believe that this is how they were choosing to fight like this. Oh, guys, guys. Listen. Are we wrapping this up? Yes. Well, listen, man. It's been an honor to be on your show. No, it's an honor too. for you to be on mine, too. Thank you very much. It was a great day today. Thank you. Thank you. It was my, I really enjoyed it. We had a my good fucking Bass time. My man Bass came. You know how hard it is to nice separate him. Pleasure meeting you, man. If you are the, the reason why champion. the world has weight classes. <laughs> the world champion, man. <laughs> Meet dudes that big and you go, oh. <laughs> this is like, I remember one time I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, we were late, waiting in line to get into this place, uh -huh. and a dude walked by, and he was like 350 pounds, and he was like six foot nine. Just... And we were like, oh, that's what a professional football player looks like. <laughs> it's like when you see one in real life, you're like, holy shit. They can't fit in anything. Big Everything has to be made. Everything right? has to be made. It's everything. Horrendous, horrendous. Everything. But anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me on. And like, thank you, you again for being on my show. I, I had have a great to get moment. home and get great to my time. pigeon coop great to check out my birds and stuff. Yeah, we talked birds today too, man. We talked pigeons. We talked everything. Thousand miles. How could a pigeon? They say they have some electronical thing on their yeah. beak, right? Magnetite, right? That's, That's what they, they have. So far. They yeah. have some thing that they think they also have vision that they think allows them to see mm -hmm. like magnetic grids. I mean, pigeons are amazing. They use them all the time to send messages, right? Mm -hmm. They were. Yeah. They were. Um, Western Union. They can navigate Magnetic for thousands Express. of miles. Oh, they don't even know how they're doing it. It's amazing. They're just guessing how they're doing it. It's amazing. Wild. They have like a, a fucking magnet on their beak. How did, listen, it had something to do with the Bible. Because Moses, it wasn't a, um, a dove, it was a pigeon. Because doves doesn't do that stuff. Right, coming. doves don't it deliver messages. It was a pigeon. And, um, no. <laughs> doves are too pretty. Yeah, yeah, they're lazy. They don't have the endurance. <laughs> they have the endurance. <laughs> right, Pridget, pigeons are scrappy looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, doves are too beautiful. They're too easy. The hawks get the doves yeah. too easy. Oh. Plus, they're delicious. Happy oh, we got happy yeah. 420. Happy 420. Well, there you have it. This is Hot Boxing. That's Mike Tyson. Yes. Our special guest, Joe Rogan. Thank you very much. Have a good one, y'all. Have a good one, everybody.